Back Let's at it, go baby. Mets. Enough. We're not Let's go Mets. That. We're not starting with that. Why not? We don't start with such rubbish. Shout right. out Pete Alonzo. <laughs> Shout out the home run derby. Don't start with such rubbish, Shout out man. Queens. It's the Yankees Nation. Shout out Mob sure. Deep. Shout out Nas. Anything else? I'm good. Let's, let's, let's go, go motherfucking Yankees, nigga. Ah, here we go. <laughs> Come, on, Come on. Come on, yo. We here with another Yankees fan. What a fucking Please stay dick. true, man. We got, uh, we got both fan founders on. Uh, Drew. One is on Zoom. Have you, man. Appreciate it. One is on Zoom, one is in person. Y'all making it work, you know? Y'all doing the work to make sure this podcast works. Absolutely, so we appreciate bro. that. Guy. Whatever absolutely, it takes. Absolutely, you know? Whatever it takes. It's your boy D with that guy. Um, Usually I say that guy. Well, you know what? Now you're that guy. Okay. I, I was that guy last week. <laughs> I like to be deep this week. Empty the take, a.k.a. E double petrol. E- oh we back. Oh, my God. Jesus. We back. <laughs> oh my god! I've been doing this for like the last seven nah, episodes. It sounds bro. crazier in Spanish. It does. It sounds a little more disrespectful in Spanish. But I don't. Nah, think, I don't think you care. They don't think. They Spanish. don't know what that means. You're not Spanish. You don't. Oh, okay. You I am know. Spanish when it benefits me. Like if I'm in a club, and they say "Papi," "Otra," and, and I'm like, "See, like, see." Si? No, I just. <laughs> <laughs> How you play the Hispanic? You gotta say C. Oh, you just—it's in the club. It's loud. You she whispered in my say. ear, and I just—I just lean. I just, I just recline back, hand on her waist. She goes to get the bottle. Just Your hand is on her waist. Well, usually the bottle girls come over mad close to you and oh, shit. Oh, oh, because they're trying to. A li- oh, a little, a little. What you say? They're looking for a tip, but not the tip I want to give her. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. We're fucking excited, bro. Feels like we haven't done a visual in motherfucking forever. We haven't. Um, and we excited that this is the first one back. Um, for the little preface, uh, we went to school with these two jabronis. Um, we all played sports, so that's how we kind of knew each other. And uh, now we're here doing big things, you know, on our way. Uh, so, Drew, take it away. Introduce yourself. Tell us what you're about, what you're trying to do. You need to introduce Neek, bro. How you going to do that? You have to give both founders. I thought we were going. No, asshole. No. You know what? All right. Yeah, I mean, you take All right. All right. We got we got Drew and Neek, the lame. co-founders of BU. Stay true. That's fucking lame. Okay. They both play basketball. We play baseball, so there's a little language barrier, but we'll get through it. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna have Drew start off. Drew's gonna give us a little breakdown of who he is and how we got to this point. Then Neek's gonna do it, and then you know we'll we'll see where we go from there. You know how we do. I think both of you did very well. Thank you. I was better. Thank you. I was better. (laughs) So, like they mentioned, my name is Andrew Curiel. Um, I usually go by Drew. I went to the College of Mount St. Vincent. I played (laughs) basketball there and uh, met a lot of people during my time there. Um, When I was there, it eventually came to the point where we had two roommates our our first first freshman year. And um, I didn't. You did. Well, all freshmen. No. I never had that. Oh, oh you were in master. I was in master. Yeah. yeah. So So it came to the the point I had a had a roommate. I didn't just have one roommate. I had two. Nico was one of the Oh, you had the triple? Yeah, Nico was one of my roommates. And then we had another student that was also a roommate. The alumni triple, bro. That's rough. Basketball recruit. So, eventually with that, we understood, yeah. (laughs) We understood understood that this wasn't going to work. I'm an only child. Nico's an only child. child, So, so we uh, came to the the terms terms that, like, yo, like, I think we can live together. Yeah, 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 click. So, we sent that email over to Residence Life. And we were like, we're trying to live together. Can you move us? Took about, like, what, six weeks, Nico? And we eventually moved moved to Stroblock, Mastro four hundred one. Stroblock. Yep. Jesus. All of our guys, and that's where we saw Sadiq. Jesus yep. Christ. And naturally, over time, Nico and I just con- continued to just, just like, like evolve in our friendship. friendship. 
not only was it basketball related, but it was also like with video games. It was also with watching TV. It was also with watching watching hoops. And ultimately, what, what really connected us was we're both only children, and then we also just have our mom and our grandma in our life. So we had oh, that seriously? connection too. Yeah. Goddamn. Oh, so the the connections really go deep and full circle with Nika and I. Um, and then eventually we'll talk about it throughout the show, but we came about the idea of BU Stay True together, literally at, at Mount St. Vincent in the dorm room. And with that, we've, we've seen our friendship evolve even more into business partners, into brothers for life. And, uh, we just stay consistent with each other for these past seven years now. So, you know, I haven't... Has it been that long? God literally, damn. Bro, like, we're getting so old, but... Have I known you for seven years? It's getting legit now. That's, that's crazy. crazy. It's getting legit, because now we can start doing, like, real things. That just fucked life. me up. Yeah. Not gonna lie. So, that's ultimately who I am, what I do, and then with BU Stay True is a non-profit organization, uh, started out in the Bronx. We promote character building to the youth through sports. And uh, we basically just give back to the community that, that brought us up. So that's what we're about. And uh, I'll pass it off to Neek. I'm Nico Zeno. I'm from Harlem, New York. Um, I met Drew, like he said, in college. Um, funny story, we had this like little ritual at the beginning and end of every year. We would take a picture together, like in our room. And we did that every year from freshman to senior year. So quick little story. Um, I used to stand on a chair because I ain't feel like... <laughs> <laughs> We can do that every year. It's that uh, Harlem, that Harlem ego, that like, Harlem pride. Facts, facts. <laughs> so, like he said, though, me and him have developed a very strong relationship. Um, I don't consider him a friend at all. He's definitely a brother of mine. Um, I think that BU Stay True has kept us connected further than we even thought we would be. Um, we connected, like he said, through video games, basketball. But I feel like this program was what really kept us together, kept us growing, kept us motivated to continue to do the things that we're currently doing. Um... I recently just got a job in admissions. So Hey, like, congrats, Brody. I'm rocking the hat right now at Clark University. <laughs> like, a, like a commitment video. But yeah, <laughs> that ass, that ass, bro. I was about to be like, when you signed your NLI, man. Thanks. So, yeah, I mean, I just got a new job in admissions, and I feel like um, hearing about Andrew's journey and his admissions with CMSB, which we'll probably talk about, but that kind of motivated me. Um, that's our relationship for sure. He motivates me. I motivate him. So it's just like it's just one big motivational relationship. So... It's dope, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this little show we got going. Yes, sir. You this is dope. This is the first time you ever did the Zoom. <clears throat> yeah, it's just crazy. We've yeah. never done this shit. You're going to make it work. Because, Kyle, you got this, right? You're going to have it too far. We ain't never done this before. We ain't never done it, but we're going to make it work, like you said. Uh, what song is that the, from? The, what, what song is that from? Say like, yeah. I feel like that's a bad boy's. Nah. I feel, like, I feel like she ain't never what? done this before. Fuck. What song is that? I don't know. I have the melody in my head now. I don't even know. All right, well, do your best with what I gave you. I, can't. I mean, it's bad. I can't. But, but the coast, yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. Figure it out. I don't got no coaches. Figure it out. We have about an hour left of this. Figure it out. That's yeah. your time. That's your time. Um, back to that motivational thing real quick. I mean that that uh motivational like between you two went from between you two to like seventy other kids plus their parents. Plus, like, everybody involved with BU Stay True, and I feel like that was crazy because you two can falter. One of you guys, I'm not going to the gym today. You know, I don't feel like working out today. I don't feel like going to open gym today, you know. But now it's like all these kids are watching me. All these parents are watching me. And don't get me wrong. If you feel like skipping the gym one day out of the week because you're fucking sore or tired, you need to catch up on something else, don't get me wrong. That's fine. But, like, in terms of just having these kids watch you and be like, I can't falter in terms of who I am as a person, you know, and how I act publicly, you know? And like you said, the character development, like, 
I, me and Evan talk about it all the time because we're coaches in the New York City, Westchester area. And we see all these kids. Except Staten Island. Except Staten Island. We're all what considered? considered? Staten Island. Staten Island. <laughs> Not New York City or Westchester. Um, it's purg- we purgatory. We see all these kids. And, like, kids back in the day, I mean, we're all part of the same generation. In terms of, like, grit, in terms of the hustle, in terms of the how much we wanted it, it's different from these kids these days, bro. It's different. These kids are soft. These kids, kids don't like taking direction. God damn. And he's, yo, God straight damn. up, bro. These kids are soft compared to us. Jesus Christ. Not even close. It's not even close. Like, you, you give them too harsh of a, a, a fucking uh, a command or a fucking, you know, direction. And it's like, oh, my God. Coach hates me. Like, why are you being so mean to me? And it's like, what are you? Like, that don't, like, that don't make any sense. Oh, shit. That don't make any sense to me. You know? Can't get this man like shit. You guys, it's a wine tumbler. Yeah. Immediately spills. You guys are uh, immediately. You guys are taking that. Be you, stay true. Past like character development. It's like, this is how you should act as a person. You know, in life, forget basketball. I mean, you might suck. You might not go anywhere with basketball, right? And eventually, you're gonna come to that realization. Right now, you having fun, but eventually, you're gonna come to that. But like, take this wherever you go. Like, do this this way. You know, this is how you make it. Type shit, or at least. You look like you're making it, type shit. Um, and that kind of always like stood out because you guys took this from the mud, from C- literally the mud, like CMSV dorm room mud. Yeah, Mastro four hundred one. Yeah, Mastro four hundred one mud. <laughs> Mastro mud. Mastro was a dirty building. Yeah, yeah Mastro. Mastro was a dirty. There's building, a lot man. of filth that's been done in Mastro Nardi Hall. I don't you know. If, I don't know so, if y'all know about it, but if y'all hear about it, now yo, you know. You know what I'm saying? They always clean that private bathroom though. From yes. the night before, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. private bathroom is always lit. Yo, yes. private bathroom is a go. Yo, I remember when everything. people used to brawl over that. I remember when I got kicked out of Spellman and I got sent to Mastro. <laughs> that private, that private you bathroom, Mastro was serious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, but Deek, to go with what you were saying about kids like being sold and, and all that yeah. stuff, I somewhat agree with you on that. But I also feel like kids are more talented now than we were. Like I feel like 100 basketball coach, coach in yeah. middle school, eighth grade, seventh grade. I see these kids, I'm like. Y'all much better than what I was in eighth grade. You know yeah. So, despite them being soft in your opinion, um, I feel like they're more talented. They, they, they. Where's he Like it's motion sensor. That's why I keep turning on. <laughs> Where'd you go, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to like cut it on. It's motion sensor, bro. <laughs> Yo, I agree with that 100 percent though. Kids these days are fucking real. They nice. But they just got so much other bullshit. Like they're so raw, which which, which I enjoy is- seeing. Like in terms of their talent, yeah. But you can see like they need a figure, like yeah. whether it's a coach, a parent, a older mentor to like really like shape them into yeah. what, they, what can they can be. be. Because, because you, all, all these kids, kids are really looking for guidance, guidance right? right? And, and ultimately, also, I, I feel personally for me, I turned to sports because I was looking for more relationships. I only had my mom, my grandma growing up, right? So yeah. I was looking for friends. I was looking for brothers. I was looking for people who cared about what I cared about. And I think that's what, what is I that your is that you reflecting back on your mindset then, or is that you ref- reflecting on how your mindset was now? I think that's um, reflecting on my mindset how it was then. Okay. Reflecting on my mindset how it okay. was then. Yeah, because I was literally bored in the crib. I was like, this is oh. I'm so bored. Yeah. Um, and eventually, like we'll talk about Father Dervin. He was the dude who really got me into sports. Uh uh-huh. My pastor was growing up. Um, he's still my priest now at Saint Teresa's. And literally, he took me in third grade with my boy Robert Schaefer and was like, yo, go to the gym and play basketball together. Like, eventually, y'all figure it out. And <laughs> See, it, it works. I never played basketball before. Never played basketball before, like, structurally. Um, I never really had the passion for it. I always played baseball. T-ball oh, was my okay. first mm-hmm. team. 
I remember playing with Rob growing up in Parkchester, throwing snack. Like, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was a little league in, in, uh, in the Bronx. But eventually with sports, I just found, like, th- those connections are awesome. Those those relationships that you build, those conversations. Yeah, and the people that you meet. Like, Nico and I, we talk about it all the time. It's just, like, it's crazy to see how many people we've met through Ooh. a basketball. Yo. Think I'm sure it's the same thing for y'all. Yeah. No, it's, it's 100. We here because of that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, here. Nice. Kyle here because of that. Rob here because of that. We're literally all connected through sports. Do sports, bro. Facts. Where would we? Where would we be without it? You talk about you know what I'm saying. Forget like the high school season. Talk about like summer ball, bro. Like you, you might, might be, playing be playing with like the, the same, same team every, every summer. summer. There's bound to be new kids. kids. You might switch a team. Like you definitely, definitely gonna like um meet all new players from all these, all these different, different tournaments, tournaments you go through. You feel know me? Like, like it's it's, it's wild, wild to think about, about how. This turned into I just want to play sports, and it turned into like Nah, that's my boy from ten years ago. We've yeah, been playing summer ball every too. year. Nah, dog. You know what's you crazy know? about like, that? I was at the gym yesterday, and some dude ran up on me. Like I was working out, and I was like doing a plank, right? So I'm on the ground. I see somebody like, like come up to me, but walk away. I'm like the fuck. So then he comes back, and he's squeaking his sneakers like on some shit on the basketball court. And I'm like, yo, either I know him or I got to swing. I get up, yo. The I haven't. Gym, I haven't at the gym I go to, Powerhouse, oh, okay. Powerhouse in Queens. Queens, yo. I look up. I haven't seen this motherfucker since like 2013, bro. I played little league with him. Wow. I was like, oh shit, it was just love, bro. It was That's like we. It's it. like it yeah, was crazy. Bro, so it was, you was like the same thing I went. It's crazy. You know? It's crazy. So like speaking to that connection about sports, man, it, it runs deep, and you don't even realize it. Like yeah. we was cool, but we wasn't cool, cool. But like seeing him now, it was just like love. It was like, bro, how are you? How's your pops? You know what I'm yeah. saying? All that shit. So, yeah, what y'all doing with BU Stay True is powerful, man, because, yeah, yo, yo, these, these kids, kids are going to run into each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're going to remember that shit. They're going to be like, oh, we, we did that camp together, right? Let's see yo, if there's a fit somewhere right. else. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, could just yeah, be yeah. some shit like, yo, we met each other very long time ago at a camp playing basketball, you know? We met at BU Stay True, you yeah. know? Then they funnel kids back to you guys. They want people to build those connections. Legit. And um, I, think about, I think about our most recent... Um, event we did it before COVID, so 2019 yeah. in November. I literally had an idea. I worked with two demographics. I worked with the Jewish community in Riverdale, and then I also worked with the BU State True Kids in the Bronx. Yeah. So I said, there's an opportunity here to connect both the, the groups that I'm working with. So I asked the people that I worked for at the time. I said, can you bring your team from the east side of the Bronx to the west side and meet Jewish kids? Yeah. Like. Some kids from the Bronx and Parkchester and Cough City and Castle Hill, they've yeah, never seen right. a yarmulke. Nah, that's crazy. They've never, <laughs> they've never seen a yarmulke. That's crazy. They have no understanding of what Yo. the Jewish religion is. But I've been so fortunate through basketball to work with a different demographic. So we had that, and it was during Thanksgiving, <laughs> and we had them play a scrimmage and connect with each other. So it was cool to see Bronx kids literally, literally talk to each other, bro, and be like, what is that? What is that hat? And be so authentic yeah. with it. Bro. Not be like, I'm making fun of yeah. you. But literally, like, what is that? Why do you wear Curious. it? And yeah. so on. So it was cool. Like, yeah. back to the point of just connecting through sports. Where I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. I feel like every Little League or, like, team from the hood has that story. I remember the first time when I was playing baseball, well, we seen kids on the other team with the, with the hats. I mean, with the yarmulkes. And we was like, what's up with the hats? Different, yeah, with the hats. And we deadass would just be like, yo, like, why do y'all have those hats on? And why do they not come off when y'all run? And they were like, we have to wear these. So it's, that's crazy that you had that experience too, bro. <laughs> I mean, for I me, whenever, whenever I talk about basketball, I always talk about how it just saved my life. Like, honestly, like, the fact that I was an inner city kid from New York, like, I feel like if I wasn't playing basketball, Lord knows what I would have been doing. Type right? shit. I'd probably be fat. I, I definitely just, I use basketball as like a, as a metaphor for life, obviously, but 
it definitely saved my life. It, it afforded me the opportunity to go to private school, to get out of the hood, to see the world, like to travel around the country with my yeah. AAU team. Like, so basketball literally like legit saved my life. And I tell anybody who ever asks, like, oh, how'd you start playing basketball? It's like, oh, I started because I was really taller than everybody else. But like, eventually I just kind of did it because I was good at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I never really sat down and thought about why basketball was what I chose to do until I got older. Um, and I didn't realize like, yo, this dream was literally your ticket out of your situation. So yeah, that's Shit the same stuck. Thing it was so much like, love you didn't even realize. Yeah, but bro, that's a that's a good fucking reason, bro. You did it because you were fucking good at it. Like, why not? You know what I'm saying? If you're good at a fucking subject in school, you're going to want to take more classes with it, right? You like that success. You're chasing that success. Facts. It's definitely easier with basketball, too. I mean, like, I can remember the highlight of my days at MSV. I'm not thinking about class, bro. On game days, yeah, I'm not thinking about I'm not thinking about class, bro. Yeah, 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 like, Kidding me? Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Lucky I didn't have my fucking jersey on in class. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hell yeah. I was hype. Cleats on. Hype. <laughs> Cleats on. You were just stomping. Yeah. And that's a big thing, too, because I feel like how you guys talk about, you literally said it, like, Little League hood shit. Right, yeah. like, and I don't know. I know you don't mean like actual crazy hood shit, but you actually do mean. Hood nah, shit. I seen this some hood shit. This happened. Though. My little league was hood, bro. This it was good, but it was, it was hood, bro. I didn't grow up in that, bro. Like, I literally started playing when I moved to Florida. Feel me? There are manicured fields, bro. Like laser cut lines. Feel me? Straight fucking foul lines down every line. Boxes is cut out, bro. <laughs> What the fuck is he talking about? Yo, bro, I'm thinking of all of our fields in the Bronx. I'm like, yeah, bro. I'm telling you, bro. Home games for high school. We used to have a plate template, a plate and batter's box template, right? So it's a it's a big ass square with the plate cut out. You put the plate cut out, turn this bitch over, spray paint, turn it over, spray paint, take it off. You got the boxes and a plate. Yo, my man, yo, I'm telling you. So it was like coming from that. I swear to God, bro, coming from that, like that manicured, spoon fed, like. The yeah. venue was cool. Very, now you very, play. very, yo, bro. You know what I mean? Now, now like we said, man, you had it all. That's what I'm saying. But coming here and then realizing that y'all don't have, y'all don't have close to that. Bro, you me know? and Drew's high school was rivals and they used to take care of the field at Scanlon crazy and like have it like done up when yeah. it was like St. John's versus Scanlon games. Like they'd have the shit chalk. That I'm was like, the game. Yeah, that was, that was it. That was prime time. And I would be like, this is fire. My, meanwhile, y'all niggas is playing on TV fields <laughs> in Florida, getting, getting fucking you know, Subway sandwiches that, before the, the game. Like, I didn't have to do nothing. I mean, I had to take care of the field, but, like, the field was already good to begin with. Yeah. I had to come in, manicure that field to get it ready for game time, and still play the game as hard as you possibly could, and went back every single day, every single year to do the same shit. Feel me? Like, that shit, to me, that proves that, I mean, I'm not going to say y'all have more want than we do. But it's definitely more of like a, like Nietzsche said, like, this is like my ticket out type thing. You know, like, this is how I don't have to go home and spend my days in the living room bullshitting, you know? You're not in the living room. I think we've seen that story over and over um, in terms of, like, student athletes or young athletes. They want to make it out so bad, right? So what is their ticket out, right? Of course, it could be college. It could be education. It could be a good career field. But more likely than not, what what are they seeing on social media? What are they seeing in their neighborhood? They're seeing other athletes make it in terms of college mm-hmm. pros, things like that. So that's what they aspire to be, and that's okay. And I and I think now that Nick is working in higher education, and I work in higher education. Yeah. We're starting to see that it's okay if you can't make it as a as a college athlete or a professional athlete. There's other ways to be successful in life. Right. 
And I no, think, Nick, to your point, 100%. in terms of how basketball changed or saved your life, I think you should definitely talk about how you came from Harlem and went up to Massachusetts and how people perceived you. And actually, you were just being yourself. You weren't trying to be a New York representation. You were just being Nico. I mean, so so I came up here. I graduated from the eighth grade. I went to a public school in Harlem. Graduated from the eighth grade, came out here. I did the eighth grade again. Right? And you hear how I speak, and this is how I spoke my entire yeah. life. My voice wasn't this deep, obviously. They knew you was different off I spoke off like this since forever. It probably was a little worse, because I was a little <laughs> less educated. I mean, how could you like, not, man? It's New York. Harlem. I come to a school that's predominantly white. Um, a lot of these kids aren't on financial aid. They probably don't even know what financial aid is. Like, So I come in, and I'm just being my authentic self. And honestly, you would think that it would be, like, judged, and you think that people would treat me differently, but the people actually gravitated towards me, right? Like... They, they actually, like, started to, like, use some of the slang I was using. Started to, like, ask about what shoes I was wearing. Like, so, like, I, instead of being, like, an outcast, I was almost, like, the man, essentially, because of how different I was. Um, and then on top Use of that, a celebrity off rip. And then in my ninth grade, I became the president of the school. So, like, everything kind of just aligned the way. Are you a president of the school? Yeah, I was a president. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so. Damn, when was you going to mention that, bro? Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I had no I idea. Came in, came in, came in as a celebrity. He's the president. Yeah, what? I thought he was gonna tell us some shit where they didn't fuck with him. He yeah, had to earn thought, his respect. Some he had regular to dribble, high school movie. Shit. Yeah, he had to dribble his way into their heart. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> nah. Walked in. Damn, bro, you mad cool? You trying to be president? <laughs> yeah. So and then and then to come back recently and work here for a year, it was like everything came full circle. So I, I feel like just being myself was, was the best thing to do. I thought I came up here trying to be different. Yeah. Fit in, I think the experience would have been totally different. 100%. 100% I feel like coming from Florida, I mean, that was this shit was different. And, like, bro, I, I credit to you, you were yourself. Yo, you, yo, were, I was you did not say. care. You wore them shorts. Hell yeah. Yo, y'all yeah, remember me socks. freshman year, bro. Different and, uh, gear, man. Wore, different gear. Uh, you wore the, and, uh, the floral pattern yeah, joint. Bro, bro. someone find me a picture of Sadiq in the quad, boat shoes. Socks. Athletic high shorts, Nike socks. high Nike high socks, with, Ooh, with, the fu- with the fucking Harry Potter specs. Yep, and he did not care. Nah, not once. Because he was mm-hmm. legitimately being himself, bro. I popped it down. I remember, I remember one time, I remember one time during, uh, PK. during PK. our, what do you call it? A well training. No, 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 before, like, our oh, orientation. Like, orientation. 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 Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about, like, our, oh, yeah, we were in the same orientation. We were, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in the same group, bro. Yo, who's got the Vino? Oh, God, we yeah, I got the red. Yeah, the, I'm gonna switch to that. That, that shit not hitting. <laughs> I remember coming from Florida, bro. Let's see what's going on. During our freshman orientation, right? I remember sitting on the bike rack and just watching everybody. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, bro? <laughs> like, I swear to God, I was like, am I really supposed to be here? Like, yeah. I should just go back to Florida. Like, it could be so much Jesus. easier. That's yeah, what was going bro, through your mind? God, bro, because I was like interacting with people. Yeah, and we I was mean, we ain't that mean, bro. Nah, you gotta nah, nah, stay was, for a little while. It wasn't a mean thing, it was a personal thing. It was more like, I was born in New York, but I wasn't raised here. So my, my growing up was very, very different from everybody growing up, no matter if I was born here or not. So coming in after everybody's had their formative years, everybody's got their circle of friends, everybody's got their hobbies and what they like doing, what they don't like doing, and people from New York don't like doing what they don't like doing, and they like doing what they like doing. You know, there's a clear, there's a clear distinction. Well said. Well said. But you guys make it more, it's more outward, you know? It's like, I don't like doing that, nigga. Stop. You know? I don't. I think it's just our tone. Our t- it's our tone, because in the South, I feel like you guys would act nicer. Here, we're just like, yo, Mac. 
Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and you don't you don't understand the fucking language either. So you're just like, what did he say? Yo, bro. I remember, I remember a couple, a couple first, first words that you're like, oh wow, that's a is that a New York? Oh, nigga was definitely one. Nigga was like, I mean, I heard that word, but like my family used that word, but I never used that word. Feel me? So I was like, oh. Okay, okay, like that's like, pretty that's regular. regular. Low, key, Low key, high key. High key. That, really? Yeah, bro, yeah, I, I, I never used it. How many words. conversations were you in where you were just like nodding and you were like, I'm lost? <laughs> straight, up, straight, up. straight up. I mean, I, I feel, mean, feel like I most people like knew not to use that language with me, though. Like, off the way I spoke, they just didn't speak to me that way. But I heard it in passing, and I'm like, I wonder what that means. Yeah, Mac yeah, was yeah. definitely. I wonder what that. I definitely remember you asking me some shit. Bro, I've definitely, definitely asked. You definitely asked like, me some shit during practice, 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 and I just laughed at you. Bro, Mac, <laughs> Boost, all those shits, bro. Bro, I've been myself since day one. <laughs> Yo, and I'm like, <laughs> if you asked me some bullshit, I definitely told him it was some bullshit. And it was kind of crazy to me because I was very different from y'all, but like. Obviously, we all cool now, and it didn't start last week. Feel me? It started freshman year, yep. and how do we how do we come to this juncture? Sports, nigga. Like I play baseball, you guys play basketball. The athletes on campus knew the athletes on campus, and it was like, oh, this might be some nerdy little dweeb from Florida, but he on the ball team. Yes, yes. That's exactly that's, that's exactly, exactly what I thought. Exactly what I thought. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. I was like, that's listen, I, I might look like a fucking little dweeb, but I could play ball, nigga. Yeah. Like, don't. Yeah, I, I'm balling, you know? That's what I'm saying, you know? Like, yes, that is true. Different. That is true. Because I always think about it. I'm like, if I didn't play sports, bro, I don't know what I, what I would have came up here for. Like, Yeah, Um. so actually, Mount St. Vincent put up uh, a discussion, like, on Google Meets called, like, a identity panel, right? In terms of, like, finding your identity and what you self-identify with. And they asked me to, to be on the panel. And I remember I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to serve some value on this panel. But then I emailed the person who was in charge, Erica Pichardo, and I asked her, I said, it's okay like if I self-identify as just an athlete? Yeah. Because that's literally what I've always identified myself as. 100%. I am Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Creel. <laughs> Yo, I am Drew. I play basketball. Deadass. That's the first thing out of my mouth. And first that's thing. it. And she was like, yes, of course, because people, people find a passion in that and find an identity in it. But then it's also what happens after your sport is over, yeah. right? And I think we're all starting to figure that out now. Which is, you're not an athlete anymore, but you can also be a part of it as well. And for fortunate enough for Nico and I, we found opportunities as coaches and as mentors to mm -hmm. kids in our neighborhood to still be involved in the game somehow, yeah. to still get that, that pieces of love that we always had through sports. And I think it's the same thing for, for you guys too. Yeah. You know, finishing college ball is something that I'm sure you guys were never ready for, but talk about it. What, what were some other avenues that, that you stay connected through sports? I mean, shit, we be balling now. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, we, we got a game Thursday. Yeah, I was going to say, come to Prospect Park, man. You know, Parade Ground League, man. You know what it is. I've already swung myself into the ground several times, and I'm prepared to do it a few Who's more that? times. I won't be in New York till Friday. Are oh, you coming to New York? Oh, but you said choose this weekend. Choose this weekend. There's games next week, too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Um, Yo, but that's. Would be you stay true, that's so important because a lot of people think, oh, I'm not going to go pro. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, there's been a lot of times where people have just been like, oh, I'd never play D3 or I'd never play Juco. Like, I just wouldn't play. And it's just like, that's crazy. Because, like, like, you're saying basically, if I'm not, like, the 1% of the 1%, I'm not fucking playing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't just enjoy the sport. You and get what I'm risk, saying? The risk is doesn't match the reward because you can receive so much from sports. But that, that's what I'm saying. That's how you know that that person is either they're not a good teammate or they just not good because I've never heard anyone that was good be like, yeah, I'm just done with it after yeah, this, nice. you know, or a good teammate because you genuinely enjoy that connection. Like, y'all had that bromance, you feel me? Yeah, like, legit. 
we saw each other on campus, but I know y'all was that connected like that. You yeah, feel yeah, me? Yeah. And then y'all came together on this. Imagine y'all didn't hoop. Y'all yeah. might have never spoke a word to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I didn't play baseball and Sadiq played baseball and I was on campus and I seen this skinny motherfucker walking around in boat shoes and ball shorts, I might have been like, look at this fucking her- herbalini. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Straight now up. we got fucking microphones in front of our face. Like, yeah, it just yeah, be like that. that. Look, yo, we went to fucking, where did we go where we met Kyle? Indiana or Tennessee? Tennis, Indiana, Indiana, oh, bro. We, yeah. we met Kyle. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? KD Multimedia, man. Check him out. Kyle, say what's up. You know what I'm saying? Kyle, say what's up to the camera. Stick, the camera. stick, stick your, your, stick your face in front. Of front. Come on, stick, stick your face. Come on, come on, come on. All right, Kyle's, Kyle's a little shy. Kyle's a little shy. But Kyle, yo, his information is gonna be on the bio. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But Kyle's going to be editing this visual. Yep, that's my same visit. Big facts. Yeah, great financial. Bro, yeah, yeah, great financial. That is how I ended up there too. True. They did us. They came. Bro, they came to my high school and they fucking they charmed my pants off. They were like, "We're gonna give you twenty five grand." I said, "How much? God damn." Yeah, that's without financial. I was like, "Yo, I was like, yo, dad, we gotta go on a visit, man. They they talking twenty five k." Bag. They find that money for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, I'm not gonna say what my Vincent did. Cause I don't want to out nobody, but Monte Vincent made it happen for me. Coming from Florida, they made it happen. You know, like I'm not an artist. I might have gotten an art scholarship. I mean, bro, you said that like someone's gonna get in trouble. I'm they, just saying. I'm just saying. You know, they probably not there. You know, bro. Even so, they getting free press right now. Fuck it. This school gets mad money, bro. I was, bro, I was like a day away from going to Brook, bro. I swear to God, bro. If they had showed up to that school and let me get out of Spanish, I wouldn't be here right now. Swear to God. Um, but yeah, it's, um, sports is the, uh, the great equalizer is the great equalizer and connector. Yo, I was going to say connector too. Cause like, even when we watch this game, there's so many different faces on, in, in the field, in the stands, and it connects us all in, in terms of entertainment, in terms of some type of connection. Let's talk about, talk about connection. So I don't know if y'all saw. I posted on the ETT story, but uh, Stephen A. Smith had a very, very hot, cold. I don't know. So, Not very, very just. Wasn't just a take. Bad take. It wasn't I a think, take. I think it was. It a was bad a take. take. Um, it wasn't a take. He said so. Shohei Otani. Um, it was he, a. It was a. It was a borderline MAGA rant. Shohei Otani, that guy that we just saw on TV, right? He is the best player in baseball. And I bangs with Stephen A. Smith because he's from I Queens. Do. I do. He's from Hollis. I do. So I. Th- this guy caught me off guard. Best player in baseball. Okay. Right? That nigga can speak zebra for all I care. But when he walks into a ballpark, steps into the box, or toes the rubber, it's going to be greatness. And I don't need no nobody to tell me he that's going to be greatness. That's why he's the best player in baseball. Throws 100, hits balls 400. Let me, let me fill you in since yeah, yeah, I feel like you I, don't know I, what's you don't going know what's on. Right, so, this, this, uh, this, this, ja- this, this Japanese man this that's uh, in front of us on the television because we are watching the All-Star game. He's about... Six three six four is two twenty. What's the age? Uh, he's twenty six. Okay. okay, so he has thrown a pitch one hundred and two miles per hour, and he has the best. He has the nastiest single pitch in baseball, a splitter that has like a. There's only been like five hits against it since he's came into the league. From like He is leading. Yeah, and when he doesn't pitch because he's a starting pitcher, he hits. He DHs. He is leading the league in home runs. Leading the league in home runs. He has 30, 33. Bombs. 33. As, a as a categorized pitcher. No, he, he's not. He's he's a baller. He's a baller. Big baller Shohei. Okay? So, he's hit a ball, I think, one of the three furthest distances this year. 
He's throwing a pitch harder than everyone except for one person. And he has the first or second sprint speed in the league. Okay. So he's and f- so, so knowing should... those facts. Yeah, okay. All right. Best player in baseball. And he was in the home run derby last night. Yes. I saw that. Yes. Next one. Shout out Queens. <laughs> you dig? <laughs> you dig? Pete Alonzo, Manaz, my D. Got some Yankees behind it. Um, Queens. But yeah, so now you know all that, right? Okay. Nick, I don't know if you sure, I don't know if you, you heard that, right? Shohei Otani. <laughs> we just told you a bunch. This guy throws harder than everybody and has the has most the home runs, runs in the league. In the league. Okay. First, first Japanese-born player. He bronze. Second he bronze. year over here. He's from the Angels. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. He's Braun right now. Yeah. Exactly. But the gap between him and the second best players yeah, is, is is wide. Braun. He's Braun, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Stephen A. Smith had a take yesterday. I know him, you know who that is, right? Stephen A. Smith said that it's not a good look for the face of baseball to have an interpreter. And for him not to be able to speak to his fans, to the reporters in English. <clears throat> I, can, I, can I comment on this? I, go ahead, bro. Because I feel like if it was a basketball player who didn't speak English and had an interpreter, it would be no problem. Because Why do you I think that? Like, because I feel like even Giannis, Luca, those dudes don't speak the best English. They don't. I didn't even realize Giannis I, I spoke like that, to be honest with you. Are you serious? He's, yeah, bro. He's choppy. Had no idea. He, the Greek freak. I knew he was Greek, bro. I thought he'd been in the league so much longer. He looks like an educated young man. He would speak a little more. I knew he had an accent. No, I knew that he had an accent. That man's last name is longer than a receipt. You think he speaks good English? Oh, damn, bro. What I knew you he think? had an accent. You I knew he had an accent, but I was like, "Why you sound so choppy right now? Like you just came over." I swear to God, like, you just came over. The um, video that made me realize it was so bad is when he had that bell and it was like, "Ring if you're horny," and he's like, "He's like, I ring," and he started slapping it, and I was like, "Damn." <laughs> Yo, but uh, I just thought that was a pretty like that take was off, you know? Because like, <clears throat> let's just say, let's just say, Braun was. Czechoslovakian and he couldn't speak a lick of English <laughs> and you saw him for a year and a half go crazy <laughs> right you saw him just un- <laughs> undeni- Czechoslovakian. what would his name even be I don't know Unde- look, look at Joker from the NBA right Nick there you go yeah, yeah, oh yeah. our king feel yeah. me like you don't need to you don't need to hear that man speak to know every time he steps on the court he's gonna pop Facts. And he's, he's gonna MVP, pop he MVP this past season that's what I'm you don't. Or his brother's going. Or bro, his brother's going to beat your ass. They had. He was in Shohei. This guy was in a visitor ballpark. The home crowd was chanting MVP. Just because they want to. Well, Just because he's that, that, that fucking real. good, yeah, yeah. bro. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. When the, when he steps onto the field. You don't need to know anything about. You don't need to know how he speaks. What he. You just need to watch him play. Wait, yeah, and if you've watched him play, you don't need. You just need to sit back and enjoy. Is what it is, you know? And I thought that was a real bad take, to be honest with you. It just didn't make any sense to me. Like, that has not... The correlation, don't... There's nothing for me there. You know? You don't need to speak English to be great. And you don't need to speak English to, like, have people enjoy your presence on the baseball field. Yeah. You know? Talent, yeah. Yeah, that was Big Mag. That's what I'm saying, you know? I don't, I don't listen to Stephen A. Smith very much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he speaks very emotionally. I think that he... he, he he sometimes speaks statistics and speaks facts, but I think he his own personal like most emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real biased. 
Yeah, so so I don't really like to listen to him, to be honest. And other dude, I don't like I don't like listening to sports analysts, me and quite honest, bro. Really? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I find it entertaining. It's based on entertainment. That's yeah, what I'm saying. They're not. Speaking. I like listening to Stephen A. Smith because he just be screaming. And in order and for it to be like entertaining, you gotta have crazy yeah. calls like that. And that's all it is. Because look, now we're talking about it. Not nah, right. That's the point. Yo, Stephen A. Smith is the guy in the barbershop when you walk in. He's wilding. Yeah, and it's but, like, bro, it's 11 in the morning. But you, <laughs> but you forget that you're there for two hours because he's been entertaining you the whole time. Correct, right? And every time you walk in, you got to say what's up because you've been entertained by Steven. Smith. Bro, it's well, almost like a Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless type thing. Nah, it's different. You that's that's a different dynamic. Also, same I, concept. Because I feel like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless is just the, uh, the black guy, white guy dynamic. Ah, well, Stephen yeah. A has Max. Yeah, but I feel like Stephen A just be wilding. Don't matter. Like he just be wilding. You feel me? And then and then Max be black in some days too. Like I put that shit on his background because I'm not gonna front. Their faces they make at each other yeah, make that shit yeah, worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Bro, yeah. Max be talking. Stephen A be like this, <laughs> just waiting, just waiting. Uh-huh. And there was one time Stephen A. Smith was talking, and Max was like this. <laughs> yeah, nah, that shit is crazy. But how would what would y'all do in that situation though? Let's say at a BU State True Camp, you had a kid that didn't speak any English. Let's, let's say he only spoke like I don't know French, Czechoslovakian. Yeah, and he had he had a he had a translator. Yeah, yeah. Or interpreter. No translator. No translator. No translator. His parents just dropped. His parents. parents dropped him off and like he understands so, sport. I got this, Drew. I got this. The thing about basketball is I don't. Hey, <laughs> you raised your head. I appreciate that, bro. I can show you. I don't have to say it to you. I could just show you. So the thing about being at a basketball camp and the kid not speaking English, yeah, he might. He could. If I do this, you know what that means. If I do, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's other ways to communicate with somebody because just because they can't be English doesn't mean they can't participate, they can't be included. Like, there's other ways to... I mean, me and Drew do non-verbal communication all the time. So, like, yeah. other ways to communicate is, is ways that I feel like... Ba- basketball's definitely... Bas- I mean, basketball's definitely an easier sport to communicate that with. Like, like Meek said, you could dribble. You could tell him... Like, you could hold the ball and tell him to cut. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. I mean, that shit is pretty universal, you know? Especially if he's been playing the game. Like, he knows what these hand signals mean. Like, baseball, football, you're not going to be able to tell him, no, throw this pitch there and then run back to your spot. Like, you're not going to be able to tell him, you know? Like, yeah, Yeah, facts. To answer your question, though, Evan, we've been asked several times by, like, the news, like, hey, do you have a kid that you want to, like, speak about the experience at BU Stay True? And Nico and I, we always have, like, a nonverbal, like, yep, is this kid or is this kid? Yeah. And more often than not, we never pick the best kid at camp. We never pick the best kid. Because when you think about it, when you're the best at something, you don't really appreciate everything that's going everything on around you. Yo, right? That's working, right? So, not saying that we pick the worst kid, but we see the kid that's enjoying I was gonna say, having literally the most everything yeah, yeah, yeah. about camp. Like, yo, I got a high five from Coach Deco today. Like, that was awesome. Or like, Coach Simone showed me how to like, pass this ball perfectly. We let them go, because they're ultimately gonna show what BU State True is all about, you know, right. being yourself, having like being, being open enough to like show true emotion, right? right? As athletes, we've seen that too. Don't show emotion, right? Don't let your competitors see if you're happy, sad, Facts. mad, right? And we let those kids really shine and really thrive when they go on the news. And it, it ultimately comes back to the mission of just you know giving children the opportunity to experience things they they probably would have never have experienced, which is like a news interview. That's so Nico crazy. and I being interviewed. I know you guys know at the D1 level, you're trained on that. You go to a class on that, yeah. right? D3, we're never trained on that. We're just throwing it. Even in high school. Yeah, yeah. Even in high school, we're, we're thrown in front of the camera to, to talk about our experience and Bruh. talk about what's going on. And we do the same thing for Bruh, these Bro, we kids. so unprepared. Bro, I remember I was at practice. <laughs> 
and the Riverdale Press is at practice. And, like, oh. we like, why the news here? Head coach comes up to me and goes, uh, the Riverdale Press wants to interview, interview you for Jackie Robinson Day. Oh! I'm like, nah, really? I'm like, what? You were at practice. You were at practice, Dick. Because you got tight that I couldn't throw with you. You're like, where are you going? I was like, the Riverdale Press is here. Oh, oh, yeah. Fuck the Riverdale Press. Yo, he was tight. Sadiq, Sadiq's like, so you're not going to throw? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro, they're asking me questions. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, bro, I came to practice with none of this on my mind. I was just thinking to myself, like, I hope we don't run. Next thing you know, this guy's got a fucking camcorder and some some other fucking Jamoke Jamoke next to him with a camera like this, staring at me like answer boy. Yeah, nah. I mean, like D one kids get get quizzed on that all the fucking time. Like, bro, that's literally like almost like fucking class for them. You know what I'm saying? Did you guys ever have that in high school? No, no, no. They'll come to the baseball games. They'll come to the basketball games, and it was just like. You know, they you know, usually pick the captain, the captain right, to, to right. go speak because you, you assume your captain will be ready. But now looking back at all 25, 26 years old, you think the captain, 17, 18-year-old kid, ready to go talk in front of the booze, no shot. Bro, interview prep, my high school is concerned with uniforms and getting people to not smoke weed in the bathrooms. Interviews were... Uniforms are huniforms are Those Hush Puppies or Clarks, right? Yeah, see, that's... They let that slide. I was... Yeah, they let that slide. I was just watching. What you wore? What you wore? Jays, Pradas, really? <laughs> Profones, any Profones, like, bro, any, bro any, anything any but what they asked for, honestly. But I like what you said about how when you're the best at something, like, it doesn't always correlate. Like, your view is, uh, it, it's just kind of smeared. It's hard to relate to. But that's so good. But I agree with that because a lot of people like to say, like, oh, I've been trained by this upper echelon person or, like, oh, he played in the bigs and this and that. And it's like... If you're a professional athlete, or even if you're a D1 athlete, like, you're just not like everybody else. Like, you can't go and say, oh, like, if LeBron came and offered your kid shooting lessons, your kid might not get better because he's fucking LeBron. You get what I'm saying? LeBron might not be able to tell your kid, oh, it's because your elbow's a little bit out and this is a little off kilter. LeBron might be like, I've taken a million shots a year since I was five. I don't know, bro. Shit go in when I shoot it. Start trying start trying to do it like that. You feel me? Well, we see it with coaches. And now they, and now they have you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you and Neek were in the lab all the time. And I know that because I was getting a lift in and leaving when y'all were hooping. You know what I'm saying? Or we would finish practice and y'all would be coming in. So a kid that sees y'all at the camp and asks you a question like, oh, why is this not working? Like, y'all grinded to get the answers. You know what I'm saying? We had to get it out the mud. You weren't just just real. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just couldn't just jump over everyone or faster than everyone. You figured out the whole let's play defense and pass the ball thing later. Like, you figured everything out through work. Yeah, you know what I'm right. saying? It kind of translates to what uh, I think Charles Barkley said it where he was. I mean, this kind of is a little different when he talked about like just because I'm a star athlete and I do things this way on the court and you see me on TV, quote unquote, doing the right things Rob, doesn't mean I'm a I'm a I'm a model citizen. I'm a role model. Apollo, you know, that's why his shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why his shoes had the not a role model on the bottom of them all of them. Like so, it, they're like you said, they're just different, a different breed. Of people, they do things differently, and they don't know how they do them. They just do them, and they consistently do them. And I feel like at the D three level, it's definitely different because, I mean, we obviously we had kids that were good. Obviously, we were good, but like, we didn't just start that way, you know. Like when I came from high school, like in Florida, bro. Like I was just thinking about this today. Actually, every single one of my I had a graduating class of nine. Every single one of us played college. Yeah, what? A graduating class, like in my baseball oh, okay. class. 
thought that was old. Nah, nah, nah. I had a graduating class of a thousand. <laughs> I, dra- I graduated class, yeah, yeah. Bro, that's like five high schools in the Bronx. A thousand. I'd, uh, you couldn't uh, put a thousand students in the Bronx in the same building and expect that building to stand for more than 365 <laughs> days. <laughs> but no, nah, I had a graduating class of nine and like, we all went play college ball. Like, God bless us all. But like, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't have my 17 schools to pick from. You know, I wasn't sitting there like, hmm, yeah, I don't look good. I want, you know, it wasn't like that. You know, like I remember kids. I, would, I, I didn't play a lot in high school because of the fact that these kids, the gap, bro, was just different. Mm-hmm. It was a big-ass gap, and they didn't have to, quote-unquote, try as hard as me. You know, they didn't have to put in extra work like I did. You know, like, I was already three or four inches smaller, 30 to 40 pounds lighter, uh, yeah. you know? Like, these kids were just doing nothing and already there. Super talented. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, for us going to D3, going way back to the beginning where we talked about how, like, you know, kids who said, I don't feel like playing D3, I don't feel like playing Juco, yeah, either suck, or you just didn't really want to play in the first place. Like, we came to D3 with no no scholarship money, right? We came in, we didn't have the best facilities in Mount St. Vincent, right? No, we did not. But we made it work, year in and year out. No matter if we were good, no matter if we were bad, we showed up to practice every day, showed up to the 6 a.m. hill runs, showed up to the fucking meetings, the fucking, yo, the fundraisers, everything, you know? And it was like, for me... Yeah, it was kind of like, fuck, I got to get up at six. But it was all like, as soon as my head hit the pillow and the alarm went off, baseball, basketball. You know, it was it. It It was that opportunity just to continue Yo, that's the best word for it. That's all it is. And I think for all of us, um, and we all answer, who who was recruited to play at the college that that they went to? Right? So one one out of four. And, and I, think, I found Lamar, too. Well, who's the, the head coach? He didn't yeah. even find me. Yeah. Like, I messaged him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think that that's another misconception that a lot of students... That's, that's, that's actually fucking nuts. Right? That he reached out or... That three of the four of us... Right. Not, not three of the four that's weren't recruited. Yeah. I just annoyed the shit out of Lamar. Just kept e- fucking emailing him stats from a summer league. He had no idea where it was. This is what I did today, coach. Yo, no response. Bro, bro, six, six weeks later... Cool. See you when you get to campus. <laughs> yeah, he's replied to the thread of your like fifty emails with all the stats. Bro, there was never yeah, a yeah, doubt yeah. in my mind I was gonna play college ball, bro. It was just like they gave me mad fucking money, gonna make this shit work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feel me? And I had a spot on a different roster at a fucking D two school, mm-hmm. Nyack. Right? You probably weren't gonna play off rip though. No, but bro, it was a Christian school where you would get suspended from campus if you were caught in a in a girls' dormitory. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh Jesus. I was like, why would I do this? I came here. <laughs> yeah. What? I came here for <laughs> Nick's face is like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going. I say this is rate seven to one. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that's what I'm saying. Cause I was like, is that Baruch or this? And it's like, there's more bitches here. <laughs> Fair point. I was seven. I was seventeen and horny, man. Yeah. Uh, I remember it was after our freshman year. Bueno. When, uh, so present day. Like what I'm doing currently right now in my life. Yeah. So, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, I had just gotten a, a job probably like three weeks ago, literally, at Clark University on the admissions team. Um, I'm working more closely with student athletes um, and recruits that coaches are trying to get into their schools. Um, so I'm an, an admissions counselor and I'm also the assistant athletic liaison. So it's kind of becoming full circle, like being an athlete and not working with athletes, coaching. Since I was a kid, since I was a teenager, all my coaches always said, like, yo, you're going to be a coach. Like, 
You have yeah. a coach's attitude. You have a coach's like mind. Like you're going, you're going to coach basketball. When I was playing, I wasn't trying to hear that. I'm like, I'm not hearing that. I'm hooping. I'm right just trying to play. Right. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> later, I'm hearing about right now. So right. Um, they always told me being a coach, um, and that's something I really became passionate about. I got the chance to coach my old AAU team, and like nights before tournaments, I would do the laundry, like cleaning jerseys. I would stay up all night, just like super antsy, like just super excited about being able to coach and and potentially win and, and do things on my own. Um, so that was something that was cool because when I was in college, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I had no idea where I was going to end up after. I was kind of hoping that it would time would slow down a little bit so that I could kind of figure it out. Um, I ended up doing an extra semester, not intentionally, but like actually I ended up doing the extra semester, which is low key a blessing because it allowed me like an, an extra couple of months to figure out life. Um, so present day, I'm just trying to navigate through life. I don't see myself being very stagnant as far as like careers go. I do want to build some sort of like rapport somewhere, but I don't I don't like staying still for too long. I like to right. grow up as much as I can. You um, ever want to come back to New York? No. No? Yep. That's that's one thing that's always been consistent with me. Really? He's never never been a New York guy. Which is, which is ironic, right? Because being from Harlem, you probably think like yeah, I would just. There is I assume there is nothing York, that niggas from Harlem want to talk about more than Harlem. <laughs> being in Harlem, eating in Harlem, sleeping in Harlem. I love New York. But I just can't live there. Like, like I, I come from the slums, bro. And like people say that, but like I really did. Like crackheads, drunk people, pissing the elevators. Like you think of it, I lived there. You know what I'm saying? I always felt like. I was above all of that. Not that I was better than people, but just I saw beyond that. So like, yeah, yeah. you aspired for more. Ah, uh, okay. So I was like, yo, especially when I left as an eighth grader, I was like, yo. And now you living in the burbs. Oh, deep burbs. I live in the burbs. Quiet. I hear the birds chirping in the morning. Like I don't hear no sirens. Not, like, not a piece of know. grass out of place. I remember that. Yeah, like so, it, it was something I'm like, yo, do I really want to leave? Like I had to think about that. Like this is a huge decision I had to make. Last year, like, yo, do I really want to up and just go to a whole other state and keep by myself? So, I don't Shit. see myself going back to New York to answer your Damn. question. Now, is it, you don't see yourself going back to that same situation, that same environment, or you just don't see yourself in the state at all? I would say that's that environment. I mean, if I could go upstate New York, I, of course, like, that's the same, that's like similar. When's the, ah, okay. I when's the last you. time you've you. you been back to Harlem? I was in Harlem two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I was gonna say because I work I work in the Upper West, right on Seventy uh, Fourth and Broadway. Okay. Right, so I mean, twenty blocks up, couple you know twenty thirty blocks up, it's Harlem area, right? Uh, Harlem don't look like Harlem did when I was in college. Like when I whenever I go to whoever lived in Harlem, like when Perf was over there, Harlem don't look like that. That's West Side though. That's not East yeah, Side. Yeah, say, That's West Side. That's West Side is the money. Yeah, but I'm saying like, even on the East Side sometimes like when I cross over, it don't look the same. You know, like, Harlem don't look okay. the same. And that's, that's Harlem. Imagine, like, places that were already kind of up. You know, like, I just feel like this is changing, you know? So I get I get the whole, like, not wanting to come back to the whole same environment thing, but I feel like you personally, you as an individual coming back, you just not gonna, you not gonna allow that type of thing to be anywhere near you or the family. You know, like, if, if an area, if you go to an area... And a real estate agent's like, oh, yeah, this property is blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And you see something that reminded you of where you was, get out. Deuce. Get out. Thanks. 
Feel you know I me? Mean? So, I get that. I get that. Um, but Drew, give us your take, buddy. Question um, day. What's up? Yeah, I think. Well, not think. I know for me, I've been at Mount Saint Vincent for two years now. Coming up on two years. Um, I was an assistant director for admission, athletic. This is your work career. You were there for four years. Yeah, yeah. So I was there for academically and athletically. Yeah, I was there four years. Basketball, business administration degree, sports management con- concentration. Of course, I thought I was gonna work in type some type of sports. Yeah. Um, eventually, when I graduated, you know, applied for jobs, went on interviews, didn't really find something that I felt very natural to. Opportunity to go overseas, get a free master's, play professional mm-hmm. basketball came about. Took that, and I got a free master's out of it. Came back overseas, and my job, um, my boss now, she saw me on Mount St. Vincent's campus when I was doing summer camps. She was like, what are you doing? And uh, I was like, you know, I'm working out, um, working the summer camp. She was like, all right, let's have lunch tomorrow. And ever since that lunch, I've been employed at CMSV. Um, oh, shit, okay. Eventually, I worked my way up, learning admissions, learning higher education, learning how to sell Mount St. Vincent to other students that aren't just from the Bronx. Um, I'm responsible for the territories of Long Island, Queens, and Brooklyn, and all athletes. So, my first year was a good year in terms of just, you know, being back to a place I'm comfortable at, right. a place that uh-huh. raised me to some certain degree, mm-hmm. you know, knowing different faculty members, different different administrations, Same people shit. in the cafeteria, like knowing them. <laughs> yeah. Yo, serious question. What's up? Do you still eat at the calf? It got, it got way, way better. better. I'm, I'm not just saying that because I worked there. Good disclaimer. Charwells is out. Yeah. Oh, there's no more Charwells? So now we make food in-house. All right. So, so, so my guy, Brian. Brian so say Brian less. Let me tell Charwells right now. You're not about nothing, never, oh, if I catch you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you, man. Those chicken tender quesadillas kind of slapped. Bus, sweet potato fries, bus. With the sweet potato fries. Yeah, that shit was so bad for us, bro. Like, to be fair. <laughs> Yo, Nick was shaking his head the whole time. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> to be athletes and then to be eating double cheeseburgers. Yeah, no, no, no. Yo, you know what's the best part, bro? Every athlete at every school just ate like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, legit. Bro, un- unless you're at, like, University of Houston or some shit. Like, University of Houston be getting, like... Filet mignon and shit brought to them. Every other school just be eating like shit. Get out late and it's like salad bar clothes, sandwich oh, bar clothes. Yo, that shit used to so blow my grill, grill a pizza. Grill a pizza and eat up. And that, else. and that pizza was mid. Yeah, yeah. so Charles is up. Below average. Fuck yeah. mid. That shit was below average. Yeah. That's so what it was just mad greasy. And we got my, we got our boy Brian Contero in there. He's he's one of the managers in there, <laughs> along with the staff over there. They're doing well. Cantonegris. Yes. <laughs> and um <laughs> Ever since I've been an assistant director, I got promoted in my first year to associate director, hey. which gave me a little bit more of, like, I'm doing a good job. Right. So when I found out I was doing such a good job, I was like, all right, this is an opportunity to really make this job worthwhile. You know, we always start to search of what is our why or what is our passion and try to make our passion Big ass our question. career, right? And I wouldn't necessarily say admissions is my passion. But it's something that I'm good at for the moment being. It's part of your passion. It's part it's of like my passion. gateway to your passion, I feel. Yeah, and, I, and I've always talked about this with other people, and I even posted it most recently, my why. My why it actually started out at the NCAA, Kyle, with uh, one of our sessions. I forgot who the dude was, but he talked about my why and how it's important to have a why. Was, it, uh, was it Clyde? Was it Clyde Dowdy? He was, the, he was the MC. He was He's different. He's great. He's from Queens. But it was a different dude. Um, I can't remember his name. I have him on LinkedIn. He's from Hollis, too. He knows Stephen A. Smith. I'm sure he does. They got the same energy. They got the same energy. I'm sure he does. But, I'm dead. <laughs> they the same age, bro. At that session, I always thought my why was be you stay true because I just started it. So I was like, this is my why. But then he was like, no, dig deeper. Like, what is your life? Like, when you look and you look back, what is going to be your why? 
And I've always understood now, my, I changed my why to is I want to improve the people and places I interact with better than when I first met them. And I think that ties into my career now at Mount St. Vincent. I'm meeting high school kids that are just green as ever. Have no idea about <laughs> Mount St. Vincent. Have no idea about the college process. No, have no idea about financial aid. And I am serving as that bridge to those yeah. students. Giving them Listen, real shit. This is how you do it. You know how? Because I just did it yeah. six, seven years ago. Yo, I just crazy. did it. <laughs> that's you know? crazy. So, that's crazy. Like, it's cool for me to see those kids be like, oh, snap. Like, you know, you talk to them and you'd be like, yeah, I actually graduated from here. And then the light switches. They're like, oh, you really went here? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Then they're like, oh, you're not just bullshit. Yeah. 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 And then the parents, they turn, they turn even more to me because they're like, oh, wow. Like, so now I could really find like the ins and outs of Mount St. Vincent in uh-huh. terms like that. Uh-huh. So, for me, I'm enjoying my role at Mount St. Vincent as Associate Director for Admission, Athletic Liaison. But with this BU Stay True stuff, and we talk about it all the time, Nico and I, it's our life's work. You know, like eventually when we pass and we're older, people are going to remember us for BU Stay True, right? They're not going to remember us for our work at our universities, our work at different careers. They're going to be like, these were, these are the dudes who impacted lives. Yeah. Now, through the sport they love the most, which is basketball. I like that you said that, bro, because I always think about this quote that I read, and it was always like, it was like, 99% of people that ever exist will die nameless and faceless. Like, what have you left behind? And that scares me, bro. Legacy, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it, bro. You go, you know, like, you really have to, you really have to do something to leave an impact. You can't just show up and just make money. Everyone has a cycle. You're going to be forgotten, right? But how much longer can, can my name last when I'm gone? Exactly. How much longer can Nico's name last when he's gone? What can you build that stands the test yep. of time? Yeah. You know? Yep. That your kids could have, right? I'm assuming that y'all going to groom somebody to take the mantle. Yo, you know what we've ne- we haven't done, though? We haven't asked them how they came up with BU Stay True. We know that they came up with it at school as roommates, but we don't know exactly how. How did those words come to uh, go behind one another? <laughs> it took a while. Uh, Nico, I'll let you take point on this. So we, uh, so, we were in a room probably like an hour and a half, two hours trying to figure out a name, logo, like, just trying to, like, kickstart the whole the whole program. Uh, we started with summer fun camp, at, like, some, some <laughs> it was non, like, some <laughs> was, it, was, it was my fault. It was my fault. Something way too long. Like, the, the logo was, like, a kid with a headband on, like, an animated kid that we just found on Google. Like, <laughs> and, and honestly, for what it was, like, in that moment, we was like, I right, bet. Like, we, we got something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we started something. Um, And then Drew went. He went to go speak with his pastor. And he came back and was like, yo, I got it. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, not the name. So I'm like, all right. Like, say it, bro. Like, come on. He was like, I was talking to, I was talking to my, my guy, and he basically said, like, do you stay true? Like, he basically said that to me without saying it to me. Like, yeah. I was like, yo, that's fire. Like, that name is fire. <laughs> and the crazy part about ever since we came up with that name, like, literally ever since 2015, we've been seeing professional athletes, different companies, like, everybody starting to use that, like, be you, be yourself, like, Stay true, like kind of yeah. like slogan almost. Yeah. And my mom actually sent me a picture of the Old Navy. There's a shirt that says "Be You, Stay True." No oh, way! Right? Get the yeah. fuck out of yeah. here! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you didn't cop that shit? No. Uh, nah, it was more like feminine. Ah. Uh, yeah, it was more feminine. Crop like, top. Even, even in the process of like trademark and stuff, like we didn't even really know how to go about doing these things. It was expensive. Right. We was college kids. We was broke. 
We like your bro. People use it, they use it. Like we don't even really care about that. We, we yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get this thing off the ground. Yeah, because we were gonna do our thing regardless. Nah, hundred, hundred. So, literally, when I, when I got the name from my pastor, my pastor always used to bark on me when I was younger. Like whenever I was following, and Rob can attest to this too. Like if you was a follower, you wasn't valid in St. Helens because it'll be like you get pulled aside and you'd be like, yo, who do you think you are? Like following these people or like. Who, like, what, what, do you mean, what do you mean a follower? What do you so, mean like, a follower. So, like, you know, as kids, we've always wanted to be either the cool kids or the class clown. Mm -hmm. right, right? Because 100%. we want to attract girls, right, right, right. as kids. And it's all right, about sex. Girls mess it up it's all them. about sex. Right? Robert California. So, <laughs> so, with that, I was always that dude. I was like, I'll see people get girls, like, in sixth grade, and I'll be like, yo, how do they get that? All right, they play sports, or, like, they're cool, or, like, they make people laugh. All right, let me see if I can do that. And that would mess me up because I wouldn't be acting like myself, right? Yeah. So then my, my pastor, Father D, he'll pull me aside and be like, yo, who do you think you are? Like, why are you acting like this? Like, That's crazy. Like, like, of course, the pastor has all the financials in terms of, like, who pays their tuition and everything. Yeah. He's like, your mother works way too hard for you to be acting oh, like this. Oh, that's some real shit. And he, once, knows the, he knows the numbers. Once he hit that, Damn. I was like, oh, yeah, it's that. Nah, he went, he, went, he went crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he went crazy. I'm not going to so, do God bless that man because he, he pulled, D, pulled up on you. <laughs> Father D changed lives, bro. I seen Helen is my life, Rob's life. Every, every Everyone who's who was on the basketball team at, at, at St. Helena's. Because he made us want to be leaders. How can you lead people? And I think that, that ties into our work now that we're doing with BU Stay True. But he always told me, he was like, be you. Be Andrew. Right? And then when I when I talked to him a little bit more, I was like, Yo, how can we make that work? Yeah. Be you. Oh, stay true. That sounds fire. And then we, we eventually made that made that our name. Huh. Interesting. Wow. I mean, it works. I mean, it, it literally like gets, be you. Got it. Don't falter. No matter what, because I, I... It's I, mad I catchy. Like it's you, mad catchy, I was going to say, because the be yourself type of thing, you hear that everywhere. I've been... Everybody's been telling us that since we was fucking five years old, bro. Be yourself. You don't know what that means. You know? five years old, you don't know who you are. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> so now it's like a... Uh, I think two things. The be you stay true in, in and of itself, right? The be you, stay you. Authentic. Stay true. All times. <laughs> All time, This is it's the way he said. Stay true. That's because it's like it's not just the present day; it's when you go. Stay true at all times, you know. And like you said, you found yourself going from Andrew, regular guy in Scanlon, to I want to impress these girls. Let me try yep. class clown in science class. Yep, yep. And I'm a good student in science class. I sit in the front row. I don't disrespect. I don't do this type of shit. But. These girls, are, these girls are cute. Let me act a different way, you know? Yo, and ain't like, that some shit, though? Because that's really how your young-ass mind was thinking. Yeah, and it's seriously. like, all and it's about like, girls, bro. You don't realize till you actually just be yourself that's like, all right, now I guess, now I guess the cheeks. Uh -huh. because, now I guess the cheeks. <laughs> right? Deadass. It just takes that one vote of confidence, like, yo, I really like who you are as a person. And you're like, yep. oh, I was just acting myself. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Whether it's your yep. teammates, whether it's your teammates. And, and that's, that's what, what I want everyone to really feel comfortable with. Be yourself and connect with others that value who you are, say. right? Should and, connect yeah. with you. And should connect with you. And if, it, if it's natural, it's natural, right? So how do you encourage your kids with that, though? What's the message you give them at the BU Stay True camps? Because in this age, bro, I mean, everything, 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 everything is it's telling you to be this way to get this. Yeah, and I, like, yo, I can tell you right now, bro. Yeah. If I'm 11 at a basketball camp and you say BU Stay True, I'm going to be either not listening Over. or I'm just yep. going to be like... Yep. That's cool, bro. Yeah, right over there. When's my mom? Bro. When's my mom picking me up? Yeah, right so <laughs> we, we, we do it two ways. We, we do it through our 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 lives. Like 
we we are ourselves and i think that i mean majority of the kids follow us on social media and they kind of see what we're about somewhat or like what we allow them to see Wait, they follow you on, like, IG and shit? Facts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of them, because we consider them, like, little brothers. Like, we just took one of our little homies at lunch the other day. Like, so, like, they follow us on social media, and I think them seeing us, like, be ourselves, even on social media, and then when they see us in person, we're that same person, we're smiling, we're showing love. I feel like, like, that visual representation of, like, someone that we look up to, somebody that we're listening to, somebody that we aspire to maybe be like, is being themselves, like, I can do that, too. I think them hearing our life stories, them hearing about our past experiences, our failures, like things that we were uncomfortable with as kids, like I feel like that kind of allows them to feel more comfortable. Um, I don't think it's gonna happen like the day after camp where everybody's right, like, right, right, right. yo, I'm myself and not like I don't think that's gonna happen. But I think as they get older, it starts to resonate more. They start yeah. to understand yep. the lessons of it. It's sad to say nah, that, word. Uh, that word. you guys are introducing like a topic that should be normalized. But in this day and age, and even back then when y'all first started, it's a topic that's like not something that's promoted. You know, like you no, n- nobody no, really says. Like I said, you hear it all the time, but it's more of like a just a regular say it thing. You know, be you, bro, be you. But like nobody ever just hits on it. Like, bro, be you. Nah, but I like that. I like that story he said where his like pastor pulls him to the side and says, like, "This isn't you. Like, you don't do shit like this. Be a leader." Be a leader, you to, know what I'm saying? To your, to your last question, Evan, the, and to Nico's point, it's the it's the substance and it's the relevance to it, right? Yeah. But to add to that as well is also the consistency, mm-hmm. right? So when we talk to the kids, each coach has an opportunity to talk about a time that they struggled being themselves, right? Yeah. And how they oh, overcame that. Love that. Right? So each coach has an opportunity to do that. And we okay. always ask the coach, okay. do you feel comfortable? See, that? see that's, that's what I was really honing in on. Yep, yeah. Although it is crazy that kids follow you on social media because that makes you guys that much more responsible you feel me like you can't you can't take a video of yourself at the club like hey like you know what i'm saying with the camera facing towards you because you yeah i know but i'm saying like some 12 year old might see y'all doing that and be like god damn like coach neek and coach drew going up right now (laughs) coach neek just slapped that woman's ass So I, I think to give you an example for that, so like last yeah. year with, with the George Floyd incident, right? We Nico and I recognize there is a, a social responsibility that we now have, right? As leaders in our community, as a coach for these young guys, yeah. as a as a mentor, as brothers for these people to speak up about this and also have some action. And I think back to the point of what we talk about, be you stay true. For example, I talk about a story at Scanlon, and Rob could talk about this as well. To to my point, I've always struggled on the court. I was never the most talented kid. But I could work my ass off. I could rebound. I could play defense, right? So literally, my coach used to say, Drew, go out there and be a monster. Be a monster? <laughs> be a monster? I bet. That means just be rowdy, be a dickhead, just be like... You need that, though. You need that, though. You need that, though. See, that's what kids, that's what kids don't have this day. Kids want to be like... Precision. Yep. They want to be pristine. They want to be the team guy. Nah, yeah. I want the motherfucker where I'm like, you go punch him in the face, and he's like, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, what I want. That was me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I wore goggles, right? Yeah. I'm willing to do anything. If I'm willing to play basketball, with That's goggles, a fact. I'm willing to do anything. Anytime anything. I see any, bro, I said, anytime I see anyone with goggles or rec specs on, I'm like, yeah, he went whatever. So I would play every game like that, right? Just wild, talking trash, knowing. I didn't know how to fight. I didn't know how to, like, back myself up. I knew my mom was in the crowd, right? And one day, bro, my mom pulled me aside after the game. She was like, 
yo, who do you think you are? Like, what you <laughs> yeah. who told you to yell at that kid like that? Who told you to, you know, stand over a kid like that? And I was like, mom, coach, coach told me to do all that. She's like, that's not you. And just, you know, just left that yeah. at that. Yeah, and let that you shit, figure it out. And that shit stuck with me, bro. And I'm like, that's crazy. If my mom don't jack that, yeah. I can't be like that, bro. I see my mom. Is she coming to every one of your games? She's about to yeah, be. Bro. Yeah, it's about to so, be. So that's how we relate to the kids. Each coach has a story similar to that. And they show the kids that I, we've been through it and we've gotten through it. And whether you're dealing with it now or not, or may come in high school, right? Yeah. These, are, these are formative years. 9, bro. 10, 11, 12. You're about to go into high school. You're figuring mm-hmm. yourself out. You're figuring your body out, right? And now we see even more with kids. Kids are filling out. Hormones uh, going crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. Hormones going crazy. That's that's another thing that don't even. It's an opportunity for them to really connect with the coaches that just taught them some cool basketball stuff, but also see like, oh, wow. These are real people. Yeah, real people. So that's how we do it at at our camp. I mean, like like, most important, the most important part about everything is that we look like that. Like we're Hispanic men from the inner city. Like we're, we were them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I went to basketball camps. I listen to people tell me about what I got to do for my life. Like, so I remember being there. And I feel mm-hmm. like they see <coughs> like, he's my uncle. Or he's, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he looks like somebody who I'm... Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, it's relatable. It's relatable, uh-huh. Yeah, so, yo. I feel like that's the strongest part about it all is, like, they walk in and they're comfortable because, like, yo, that's... That could be my uncle. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? I, yeah. I feel like that, it's, it's like that, that trustworthy it. thing. It hits off rip. Yeah, like the camp, the camp is only there in the summer. But Nico and I, our job goes all throughout the year. Cause yeah, yeah. you, you'll be surprised. Kids will DM us, you know, slide up on our story, show love, comment on things. Yeah, and we'll see them graduate from eighth grade, going to a party, got got a, a winning shot in basketball, and that's, that's our opportunity, opportunity to connect even more. Like, yo, good shot, little bro. And that little bro, you know, so it, it's just cool for us. They're to like he's showing like, love. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? He got me. And it's not, and we weren't just showing love for the camp. We were, showing, nah. we were showing love all year round. Yep. You know? Yeah, yep. and it's someone that looks like them taking a gen- taking a genuine exactly. interest in them. Cause I feel like a lot of people that look like us is not really coaching as much. You know what I'm saying? For one reason or another. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I had all black coaches till I was in high school. Dope. All my coaches was black, bro. I had all white coaches and Spanish. I'm lying. I had all white coaches in high school all the way through. Spanish was summer bowl. That's see that's sense, that's crazy. I couldn't even like when I had a white coach, bro. It was so different because like practice with a black coach, one's hilarious, <laughs> yeah, right? Because it's like if you fuck up, you're not getting yelled at. You're getting roasted. Yeah. Like you going hard so you don't get fucking roasted. Like I remember it was practice and my coach was like, Evan, you gotta be the slowest motherfucker I ever seen on the field. <laughs> this nigga smoking, a, n- man smoking a Newport, bro. You're lying. You're lying. <laughs> man smoking a Newport outside the dugout. Practice just ended. He's like, oh, man, I gotta tell you, man, like. He's not looking. He at was you, like, right? he was he like, this way, yeah. He's here. like, he's like, man, you you money, but you the slowest motherfucker I ever fucking seen, right? Next game, I chase a kid down a rundown, full catcher's gear, and he's like, I'll never call you slow again. <laughs> you feel me? A white coach said that shit to me. I'm like, who the fuck is he talking to? That's what I'm saying. Cause yeah. he, cause he's not roasting me. He's telling me I'm not gonna play. Like he just, you know, they just crazy. roast you as I love. Never, you feel I me? Never, I never really thought about that. But then again, I grew, I grew up. up in Florida, so you knew. So that was regular. And my family, like my uncle who lives in New York, my dad's side, he's owned, well, he did own a cricket team in Flushing Queens for fifteen plus years, right? All my dad, my uncles, my uncle's friends who I call uncles who are family to me, they played cricket, right? That sports background has been there for me, right? But I was never old enough 
to like, like relate, relate with them in that point. You know, like they, they never, never like I remember my dad was really the only one to do that to like I remember my dad here in New York, bro, I had an all concrete backyard. Laser ground balls to me. In a concrete backyard. Yo, I swear to God, bro, I'm in I'm getting hit in the knee, the face, the neck. I'm going to yo, I'm not even pissed, I'm I'm angry. I'm like Yeah, yeah, I'm not, it's not even pissed. I'm angry, but I'm just like hurt. More, so I can't even be full angry. And I go inside to my mom, like, Mom, I don't want to do this no more. I want to come inside and eat food and just chill. My dad at the door, come on, we got another 30 minutes, come on, you know. And like, I remember, like, that helped me translate to Florida because these coaches in Florida they don't play no fucking games. You know I mean, they know that's what I'm saying, you know. And like, my dad is a very personable person, you know, I've seen him interact. With people of all races when I was younger and like I've seen that like connection between him and that other person I don't know if it was that other person at the time but I'm pretty sure it's my dad the entire time you know yeah so it was like to see him do that right and then to go into an area where I wasn't familiar and I was like my dad connected with people of all sorts of different backgrounds different races different cultures mm -hmm. like I can do that yeah. you know and it's like People talk, talk to, to me the way he talked to me. You know, he didn't take it easy on me when it came to sports, you know? Yeah. So when my coaches talked to me, it was like, <clears throat> you can take it. Yup. Yeah. Now I'm in the backyard, you know? Like now, but now it's real. And I remember, like, I can remember, I remember telling Evan and Robbie this, like, I don't remember a time, like, they know my dad. They stayed in my crib. They know my family. Like, my dad is cool with them. They, he's nice to them, you know? But like, Nice, bro. That nigga's my uncle. Feel me? <laughs> feel me? But like, when it came to me, bro, I remember... I remember when I was like 12, bro, like my second year only ever playing organized baseball. Like I remember throwing, I remember throwing like the last three innings. The last out was a ground ball right back to me off the mound. And I threw it to the, I underhanded it to the first baseman. And I had no idea what to do because I had never won a championship before. I had never played organized yeah, baseball. Yeah, so I literally just stood there and like <laughs> everybody started cheering. And I was like, oh, this is what we got to do. Feel me? You was lost. You was lost. You expect your parents after that. Yo, good job. My dad was like, job secure, yeah. Like on like, to the on next, to the next. Yeah. Yeah. like we not done, done, you know. And it was and like, like hearing, hearing that, that from my father, father somebody, somebody I looked up to, somebody, somebody I, wanted I wanted to be, be like. like. Feel me? Somebody, somebody, somebody I knew played, played cricket. cricket. I, I watched play cricket, cricket on, on bro on Sundays, bro. It was a cookout and it was a cricket game at Flushing. Feel me? That was my Sundays as growing up when I was in New York, and like to see him do that when I was a kid. I just won a championship. You just put me into organized baseball. It was like huh, maybe there's more to go, you know? And it's like, this is how I teach my kids. Like, I, me and Evan are coaches. Like, this is how I teach my kids now, feel me? And, like, I've noticed a lot of parents drop their kids off and leave. And I'm like, don't you want to see? Don't you want to interact? I, like, I don't, personally, I'm a type of person, you drop your kids off, you on the outside of the cage. You on the outside of the field. Don't talk about what we trying to do. I'm here. because You brought your kid to me because I know what to do. Yeah. You know? If you have <laughs> questions, that's different. Yeah, but you're not involved in this. Right? Exactly. Exactly. You know? But this is why this is why Drew and Neek, like, like what be you stay true is so important. That's you what, what I'm saying. saying. You guys you're have giving to them be. role models, bro. Like, yeah, these kids, bro, yo, bro. these kids might not have nobody to look up to. Nobody. You know what I'm saying? Nobody. But they can go on social. They can go on social, see y'all doing y'all thing. Y'all working, y'all employed, y'all keeping it going, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all didn't do this for two years and be like, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Was this year five, year six? Year seven. Year seven, yeah. year seven right? 
That's year seven of doing something. A lot of people never done anything for seven years in their life. Yeah. Never watched the same show. Never went to the same <laughs> right. church. Like, haven't done yeah, shit for seven for years in a fucking row. Uh, yeah, I think, <clears throat> and I think that's something Nico and I, well, that is something Nico and I have always talked about. You know, staying consistent. You know, whether it's yeah. good or bad, whether it's somebody, somebody got work or somebody, or somebody has, has a different, different responsibility, we just got to stick with it. Even when I, I went, went to Ireland, Ireland we, Nico, Nico and I, and we, we had, had a talk, talk like, like, listen, like, I'm going to be focusing, focusing on this, but I need you to pick it up, pick here. It up here. And it's just an understanding, like, it's, it's not, not for you to get praise or for me to get praise. It's for the brand to get praise yep. because we, we have, have a bigger objective, objective in life yep. to, 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 to achieve. achieve. And I, I even think with that, like, we, we talked about earlier and we'll continue with it. We're trying to go with bigger plans and bigger ideas. That's what we're thinking about moving forward is, like, what else can we do to make BU stay true bigger? Yeah. You know? I mean, we said, what? like, we've had conversations like this before, like, in the very beginning stages, like, yo, we want to be in Madison Square Garden, we want to be at the Barclays, like, we want to be the biggest ba- youth basketball, like, program in New York City, because we feel like we have the potential to actually, like, accomplish 100%. that, like, we have 100%. the name, we have the two personalities that, that I feel like you need to, to have a successful business, only thing we have to do is continue to get people to buy in, and I feel like yep. the buy-in is, it, it grows year, yep. year, and, and, Every to your point, Nico, Nico this has been the one year we've seen so much buy-in from the community. Like, like I, we've never done sponsorships before. And I just posted it on our story. I was always scared to do it because I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. But literally, people like you, people like my other friends, people like Nico, always texting me. People like Rob, yo, how can I sponsor? Yo, how can I help? How can I do this for a kid? And I'm like, I don't know, so no, leave it, right? Because I never feel like there's a genuine thing when you just say, oh, just Venmo my account, Yeah. right? Because you're not seeing what I'm doing with the money. Right. So I've always been afraid of that because I felt that when you donate to certain things. So it's like you weren't looking as like like good I get it you didn't think you could validate the money they gave you you know what I'm saying they give you no you're thinking that intrinsically people pay for something there's a product that they get in return you know what I'm saying if it's a, spo- if it's a sponsorship but that's what people understand that's and that's what you gotta understand you know what I'm saying like you guys don't put out a product as much as you put out you put you put together an experience that bring that brings most, together that brings together a community through a mutual thing, thing that, that all these people want to do. It doesn't matter anything. Product out of all the products, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're taking a kid who's at eleven, not, not knowing what to do, not knowing who to look up to, not knowing how to act. You're telling him how to do things the right way, and more than that, you're molding him into. Drew does it this way. He's good. Nick does it this way. He's good. Robbie got to find a way to do it his way. And still be a decent human being who's contributing to my community, my school, my whatever. You know, that's like, a great way to look at it. You know, my man, I just called it a, I just called it an experience. You called it a product. Yeah, yeah, experience is tough. Experience is tough. But, but the product lasts, and so yeah, 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 we'll had it. But, but you motherfucker, we, we literally just celebrated um our little brother. Like he's four, thirteen or fourteen now. He just graduated eighth grade. He's going to, he's going to Fordham Prep on a full scholarship. I like you said our little brother. Yeah. He's, He's going, going to Fordham Prep, one of, the, one of the best mm-hmm. wow. high schools in the Bronx on a full scholarship. Nah, high school is... And he came to our, our second camp, and we've, we we mentored him, you know, of course not like every day, but a distant mentorship. See him on Instagram, talk to his mom, see how he's doing in classes. This kid gets A's in every class, right? Yeah. So to see him, you know, he's not on the registration this year, it's like, that's it, like he's done, right? 7 to 14 only. 
but we know we've had, had an impact on a life that, that of course, course we didn't get him that full ride scholarship but we probably motivated him enough to be like you know what i'm smart i play two sports and that's me you know and to be comfortable with that i say i guarantee you when it comes down to it He's going when he thinks about it, about what got him there, and like what influenced him to to do what he did to get him there. Nico and Drew, be you, stay true. At some point, he's gonna be like, I went to that camp and I found part of myself, and it stayed true to this day. And this is what got me to where I am now. That would be, you know, that would be a great honor, bro. You know? I mean, I would tell him, yo, thank your mother, right? You got You always, when you work with kids, you got to thank the parents. Always. 100%. 100%. Parents, none of it is possible, quite honestly, because those kids don't even get to camp by themselves. Yep. Yo. Yep. And that's a part of that's, doing camp. Yo. I've seen, I've seen KD, he did this at camp one time. He said at the end, he was like, everyone turn around. Your parents are back there. Give them a round of applause because they brought you here. They didn't have to do it. So we do that. Now, I was just going to say, like, like his name is Zav. Like, Zav is... is is a kid who legit is always himself, bro. Like we, when we're at camp, we have a, a certain way that we speak and carry ourselves, very professional. When we was at lunch with him recently, we were very casual. Like we were like talking like kind of how we're talking right now. Yeah. I swear he didn't like he didn't change. He didn't start talking like that. He didn't. You know what I'm saying? He was just himself. Authentic. Like, yeah. Like the the ideal BU State true kid. Like he's not the best basketball player. I'm saying he, he was actually a better baseball player. And yeah, he's he way better. Camp. He still worked hard. He still believed in the Met. Like he still bought in, regardless of his skill level, regardless of his comparison to his peers. Like like I feel like he he really really bought into what we were trying to like get like sell essentially. And I feel like like you said, deep like yo, when he gets older and realizes like and reflects on his life, he gonna be like yo, those two dudes are pretty dope. Like uh huh. I'm telling you, because he, he he might love the camp. Don't get me wrong. I lo- I remember all the tournaments I went to as a kid. Like, cause it was just fun as a kid. You stay in the hotels, you stay in the villas, you playing baseball all day in the sun. I'm in the summertime. I don't care about nothing but baseball, right? But at the end of the day, like I can pinpoint coaches or guys or teammates in my day. That I was like, that man had an impact. You always remember. You always remember the coaches that was just genuinely trying to get the best out of you. You know what I'm saying? There's no agenda. There was nothing. You always remember those dudes. And, like, think about it, bro. They just they just brought up this kid going to Fordham Prep on a full scholarship, bro. They could have came in here and been like, they they mentored him and they responsible for that shit. Bro, we would have been like, word. Yeah. Fuck, what we gonna, we don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they was honest about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that honesty means something. Like, it's gonna mean something to that kid, too. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not gonna be like, oh, yeah, we responsible for getting him there. It's like, nah, like, we helped him when he needed his help, help and then he did his thing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I think growing up, Nico and, well, Nico and I, we've seen that. And I'm sure you, you guys have seen it too growing up. You probably never needed someone all the time, right? But you probably needed someone just to relate to you for a little bit of time. Whatever that was, whether class was hard or like practice was hard or like this girl dubbed you or like something over the weekend kind of threw you off. So now you're off for the week. Like you just needed that one person. And if Nico and I could be that one person for people on and off throughout the year, we're, we're doing our work. We're, we're doing our life's work. Yeah. Facts. Nah, that, that speaks to it too. You guys are relating to them, you know. I mean, I mean fucking fuck athlete, athlete, fuck education, like, like we just talking as people, just you know, like yeah, you know. I feel like a lot of a lot of people's missed nowadays when it comes to that. Everybody's so high on their fucking like I'm the best, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's like yo, bro, but you're not decent, nigga. Like I feel like that's what kids need to see: be a decent fucking human being. Absolutely. Don't worry about buying shit. Or just like be good to the people next to you. You know what I'm saying? 
Especially in a city like this, in a city where everyone everyone thinks they're the star of the of the movie, and really we're all just probably yeah, we're all kings in New York. This is my this is all our city. You know what I'm saying? Where it's really like. Really, we're all just extras. And, and if 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 you're looking at it from the external view, you know what I'm saying? Like Joe Biden, the main character. Cuomo, the main character. You know what I mean? We extras. And and honestly, I would challenge a lot of people on social media to really be your authentic self, right? Because you know, I struggle with it as well. You, you want to keep up a certain persona to who you are, right? Because you're creating a, a personal brand to who you are. We learned that at the NCAA, right? At the conferences. Um, because when you are your authentic self, you're going to be able to connect with people authentically. Like, people are going to see what you're doing and be like, yo, I really like wrestling just like how you do. Like, that's cool. Or, like, I see all the secrets that you post. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, I got these kicks. And it's an opportunity to really connect with other people. And ultimately, when you're being yourself, you're going to connect with other people who are being themselves, too. And that comes true friendships and true... You know, honesty between relationships, too. And I think that's very, very important for kids to see growing up as well is... Who can you connect with authentically? Yep. And, they're, and, they're, and genuinely, too. Because it's not like I like wrestling because wrestling is, is hot right now. It's like I like wrestling because I like this dude. And that's a real conversation, you know, rather than everyone in school is talking about basketball. Guess I'm going to learn basketball. It's not even that. It's about when everybody in school is putting wrestling down. You don't have the courage to swim That's what I'm saying. Like, I remember, like, in college, I mean, to reference just one aspect, like, I had never, never had, had a gay friend before, before, yeah. before college. Yo, feel me? One of my best yo, friends is... Yo. Feel me? Feel me? <laughs> I never had a gay friend like a true friend. A true friend. We saw them. You know what it was in high school. You were friends. Feel me? And that's just what it was. And when I got to college, we all have that mutual friend, right? You know who it is. Like, we all Exactly. Feel me? And, like, I got my ass cut for it a lot in college by my team, my you know, friends, friends whatever, 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 whatever yes, it was, right? Yes, she did. And, like, for the most part, I'm, I'm assuming it was jokes, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's always some truth to some jokes, or to all jokes. There's always some truth to it, right? And at the end of the day, like, I remember, like, thinking to myself, damn, am I really, am I really mook for being friends with a gay person? You know, like, is this... That's the crazy shit, because you start believing the shit that you fucking hear, because it's just, it's just over and over. Like, that's just one example of how, like... You have to just, it's not the majority. It's just the crowd you're in. And once you start to look at the bigger picture and how, like we always talk about, to be a decent human being to everybody you're around, you start to realize that I don't give a fuck about what nobody says. As long as I'm doing right, and the only, the only person that's going to know if I'm doing right is that man above, you're going to do what you got to do, and you're going to end up in a place that you want to be. Not where you, not where you fucking thought you were going to be or where somebody told you were going to be, where you need to be and where you want to be at the end of the day, you're going to realize it. Yep. You got to be You gotta be fucking comfortable with yourself, man. You really you really do. And I'll bring up those points because Nico and I, we always see it during June. I think it's Pride Month, right? And we've always seen the gear. They'll always promote BU and things like that. And it's like, is, is that, that an opportunity, opportunity for BU Stay True to really hop aboard and promote, you know, people being themselves? Didn't even think about it until now, but now I'm thinking about it like you have to do it. Right? You have. There's nothing more being yourself. And it's like, okay, Nico and I aren't gay, right? But we do have friends. We may have family that are gay too, and we may have even people who are closer to us as well who may be gay. Right? There's an opportunity to to 
to, to give, give them, them a platform, platform to, to feel comfortable, comfortable enough right. to, to talk about a safe, space. Space. Yeah. safe space. And it's the same thing for us, you know, being comfortable who you are, where you're from, things like that. And it's the same thing for them. So that's another opportunity that could possibly come in the coming years. I mean, speaking about the coming years, I mean, this is going to be a real, you know, vague question, but like, where do you guys see BU stay true in, in 10 years? Because we talked about it, we, we talked about it last night a little bit, you know, it's just a tip of the iceberg. So like, what, I mean, where do you see BU stay true in 10 years? You know, let's just say, let's just use that as a time frame. Um, 10 years, we're going to have our own facility. Hey. We'll have... Um, Wait, but where though, bro? You you live in Massachusetts. Exactly. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have I different heard this. We'll have different facilities all over the Northeast. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> bro, bro, look, okay. look, look. He's not laughing. Bro, I know. He didn't miss a beat, bro. He already thought about it. This is the face that I saw in Natural 401. Like, like yo, we're gonna do a camp at Mount St. Vincent. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no way. They're not gonna jack us, blah, blah, blah. Year seven. Year seven. We're gonna have facilities. We're gonna have. To get in, you're going to have finger scanning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting out of the Nah, bro. He, he already got the door figured out. The door going to look like this. Remember that. Finger scans to get in. Finger scanners. It's going to be something that, that is, is very well-known program for the message that is that is trying to portray. Um, we're going to have sponsored athletes. Gonna, it's going to be a whole... Like a whole like, Word, NCAA just passed that shit. You got BU like, State True Athletes. Honored, like, it's going to be something that I feel like the whole world is going to have. That's hard. That's just how I feel. Yo, Yo let me ask you something, bro. I just what kind of water y'all gonna have in the vending machines? Oh, my God. Hey, love that. Ah. Love that. <laughs> The official water of BU Stay True. Now, yo, Evan, I really just thought about that. BU Stay True athletes. You get them shooting sleeves, little little warm-ups they can wear. Why not? That's tough. Why not? Um, no, yeah, I think that's super tough. Because now we're seeing all these athletes get crazy deals. We just saw Barstool Sports sponsoring. Yeah, bro. They got over like 200,000 applications for that. We saw Reebok, but that's so close to the culture. That's yeah, why, you know, we saw um, Sprint. We saw different things, right? Um, I... For me, I, I truly see if Nico or not, especially with Nico joining higher education and uh, putting on that message of, you know, pursuing higher education and me being in higher education as well, I really want to do college essays. Uh, I read probably over 300 college essays a year uh, just for the incoming class, whether it may be athletes or from my territories. And these essays, I mean, credit to them, they're brutal, though. Like, they're really, really bad. And it's not, and it's not a knock on the student. It's not a knock on where they come from. It's not a knock on the school. They're just not prepared. And when you talk to a 17 or 16 or 18-year-old, and you talk about, write an essay on why you should go to college. What? Like, I'm, yes. I'm trying to figure out AP chemistry right now, right? But Rob and I, we were very fortunate with the same guy, our father, Dervin. He, he took, took us under the wing every summer and helped us develop our college essay. To not only talk about what we're doing in our life that's positive, but also talk about what we're aspiring to do at the university or at the college. So that's something that I want to continue to pass on to other students. Like, I want to be the dude, like, yo, you going to college? You got to link up with, with Drew because he helps students get into colleges. He helps, not that admission scandal stuff, but he helps students prepare their essays, have a good college application, and move on through the process to get into a good university. Like that, That's one thing I really, really see Nico and I really, really helping with, with students and with parents. A lot of kids definitely have that nowadays. Yeah, when you think about first gen, when there's a first generation student, there's a first generation parent that has no idea about college. No idea. No idea about college, right? 
and granted, granted we're both learning that stuff shit now. bro my mom went to college she still didn't know half the shit i, I went out of fucking program help me with that called legal outreach bro and they really walked me through the process Which i was like it's like program, this it's bro fantastic you know what i'm saying they have a, a group of dedicated individuals to doing that right so it's like all right how can bu stay true be bigger than basketball i mean we've been pointing out this entire podcast bu stay true is more than hoops so how can we continue to do that work mm-hmm. without the sport Mm-hmm. I think college essays, we see everyone aspiring to go play college ball or going to college to better their life, quote unquote. And of course, that can change in the next 15 years with Absolutely. Uh, entrepreneurs and right. you know, right. side jobs and trades. So that's what I'm, I'm being conscious of as well. Right. This college space may not be existent in 15 years. Right. But during the time, right, next 10 years, why can't we be the dudes that help thousands of students develop college essays that show their authentic self to achieve higher education? Right. right? Right. So that's something that I see as well. Right. I the, I mean, like you said, the college thing might not be uh, as prevalent as it is for everybody just to go to 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 get that next step in it's life cool. type thing. But with the basketball aspect, it's always gonna be relevant. Yeah. Always gonna be relevant. Even if a kid wants to be, I don't know, a mechanic. Let's just say, and he don't want to go to trade school. He loves basketball more than he loves working on cars. That college essay might mean the difference between him going D1 or D2 and him going, you know, getting the exposure he needs to get his family out the slums, going to Michigan or something, you know, something like that, or Villanova or something like that, you know? Yeah, because we know colleges are going to be here. We see D1s. D1s aren't going anywhere. Too profitable, right? Exactly. Too much of a business. No college is going anywhere. Colleges themselves are profitable unless the person person running is incompetent. Unless Joe Biden makes community college free. If If he makes community college free, that lowers the value of a college degree. In its entirety, so then when we look at bachelor's degree, it's gonna be like all associates, right. Yeah. Well, so associates, associates, associates. But I mean, you gotta think about it like this: degrees have already been devalued to such a high level. Like, there's a lot of jobs where if you don't have a master's, it's just like okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, and it's crazy because people really just be like master's preferred, and it's like 55k a year. Correct. And it's like, bro, like that's not even paying the tuition for a master's. Nice. Like, go die. Correct. Like, don't ask me to go do that shit. Correct. But that's someone else's problem. Yeah. No, <laughs> Thank God it ain't mine. I, 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 but I'm so glad you said that. Because I've been learning everything is not our problem to fix or to solve. But if I can help a student get that first step into a college, do their college essay, Andrew and Nico's job is done. Seriously. Right? Seriously. Figure I mean, out the college stuff after. That's what I'm saying. And I, I feel like even more of a, uh, like, I'm going to say a blessing, I would say, because, I mean, coaching these kids is something different. Like, they don't know nothing, but demographic too. Yo, right? they don't. Yeah, yeah. So me and me and Deke both uh been coaching. You know, like he said in the New York City Westchester area, I, I coach with him with Juan. Yeah, but we just been with more affluent kids, and you know, like I think if we're talking about minority kids, I've coached a few. If I'm talking about black kids, I've yet to coach a black kid. Literally, literally, bro. That would be like that would make my fucking day. The sport is baseball. Yeah, sport is baseball. Yeah, man. Ain't anybody telling me to tell their kid how to shoot a jumper? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't let him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. So, I don't know where I was going with that point. But I, I did I did have something I wanted to ask. But go ahead. No, no. What, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I was going to agree to your point. It's just, it's crazy to see in terms of coaching how many different demographics that we could connect with right yeah. and the opportunity to to really show them that life can be done differently so i'll give you an example when i went overseas to ireland it was really an eye-opening experience because i saw that life can be done differently than new york right being from new york we have such a pride being from here whether it's queens bronx brooklyn whatever manhattan 
not too much that in Ireland, but we have so much <laughs> of a pride there. Right. And going to Ireland really opened up, like, listen, you're American, right? And ultimately, I, I saw, saw my impact on kids just being American, not being a New York person. And I think that was so eye-opening to me that we, we set an expectation for ourselves before we even step into a room. We can have an impact on a person before we even speak, yeah. before we even, you know, show our true colors. Yeah, and wow. I think, and I think that comes through through coaching, too. The way you may talk to a student athlete or a way that you may help a student athlete before they go to the place. Shit, the way you prepare, the way you just walk in. Because kids watch, watch everything. I, I literally see kids. They'll watch the way I do certain things or like walk around and I'll see them like do like do little shit that I do. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because I that like, bro, when I had cool coaches, I was like studying. You know what I'm saying? Like Facts. it was film. Facts. Like, you know, oh, like this coach, this coach at this camp is mad cool. And what did he do? He came in his slides and he put on his ball shoes. So what am I doing tomorrow? Wearing my slides, right. slides wearing my slides <laughs> to camp, bringing my ball shoes in my bag. Dope, yeah. yep. No, not a fucking thing. I so the thing for us was elite socks. Yep, had to have him, bro. Had to have him. Had to have him. But I think we've talked about a lot. I wanna, I wanna end with this note. Describe, be you, stay true in one sentence, each. Um, I'm, I'm gonna stay first. Yeah, yeah. Need try to think. Yo, take your time. Take your time. Just drop the bomb on you. But just one sentence just describes what be you, stay true is to you. You know what I'm saying? Not what it is as in, is it in, in its entirety. What is it to you? What does it mean to you? You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> well, that's a great question. And to me, do you stay true? Like, I'm, I'm, we talked about it before, and I'm going to stay consistent with it. It's, it's my life's work. It's, it's going to be what I'm remembered for. It's going to be what brings me into rooms before I physically get into that room. It's going to be what people say he worked so hard on that yes, we have to bring him on this team because he's going to bring that same type of dedication or effort to this team. Um, so in, a, in an entirety, when people hear BU Stay True, they're going to hear Andrew Creel or Drew Creel or Drew or Drewski, whatever it may be. BU Stay True is my life's work. Okay. How about you, Nate? That was a lot of that's, motherfucking that's, conviction. That's powerful, bro, right there. Yeah, yeah it's your life's work, bro. That. That's heavy. Man. That, was a <laughs> that is a long sentence. I ended with Drew's my life's work. I mean, BSA Drew's my life's work. Yo, feel free to embellish, bro. No word count. <laughs> hella commas. Hella commas. So, um, for me, BSA Drew's a reminder, right? I think it's a reminder to literally live every day like myself. Um, I feel like there's days where you have better days than other, or you're in a better mood than other days, or like just life happens. And I feel like the fact that I, I have to be that role model for these kids or I have to be that inspiration and motivation to somebody that isn't just myself, um, I feel like this, it's a reminder, like, yo, like, you, you are doing things because it, it's for someone else at this point. It's not for you anymore, right? Like, this is beyond me. This is beyond Drew. Like, this is for the families and the people who really believe in what it is that we're trying to, trying to like, sell. I like to say the word sell because basically selling the, the idea of being yourself. So it's just a reminder, like, yo, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how you feel, no matter how you felt when you woke up this morning, how you feel when you're going to go to sleep tonight, like, you got you to gotta be yourself. You got to be a role model for people who look up to you. So that's what it is for me. Love that. Love that. I'm going a, I'm to a challenge you, Nick. You know I got BU tatted on me, and that's the next tat. You got to get BU tatted on you. I'll get it this weekend. 
Say that. <laughs> Say that. Wait, do you just have BU or BU stay yeah, true? So I got no, I got BU tatted on. Does me. does Neek have to get stay true or does he have to get the uh, whole thing? <laughs> that's good. That's I'm good. not doing that. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a. It would have been it would have been, been perfect for June. That would have been fire. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a, I'll get the BYST. I'm gonna definitely get that for sure. Yeah, no, that's Word. a great point, bro. A reminder. That, that's, that's dope too. That's dope. Word. Word. Get a finna get ETT on my neck. <laughs> Yo, I put I that. See it, bro. That's no, no, but like you know, how people do the crosses here. Yeah, yeah. Ett on my neck. I put that bitch right on my, right on my eye, right here. Are y'all gonna be at camp? Are y'all coming to camp? I work Saturday, so I will not be. Likewise, I will not. I'll be in the Boondocks of Long Island. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be teaching my kids to be you stay true at a baseball facility on Saturday. Feel me? Softball, softball, yeah. You know, I does it all, man. Before we end. I haven't, I haven't seen too many people give you out gifts, but of course, the BU Stay True, we always have shirts each year, which Nico always designs over the past seven years. He's had different logos, different designs, and literally I let him run free reign with that. So I wanted to make sure each one of you had a BU Stay True shirt. Yeah. I know you're not coming for the camp, but we're showing love to everyone who bought a shirt. You can wear it on Saturday and Sunday, tag us, everything like that. So See, like, By the time we start getting some gifts, man, new guests coming up, man. This is the fucking bar. This is the fucking bar now. Yes, sir. Yo, Sadiq's shirt is a medium, right? Nah, that's, that's Robbie. That's Robbie, man. I'm a Yeah, Sadiq's a small, bro. Hey. You see that? Who made that? What a guy. Yeah. You stay true. It's got a little basketball in it. It's got the BYST. I'll definitely throw this on on Sunday. See if this brings us a chip. You know what I'm saying? I got a coach. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey. Game Thursday, Prospect Park. Be there. Since we're talking about merch, empty the tank merch is on the way. And we're in the first ever sample. Empty the motherfucking tank. There it is. There it is. Show it to him. Turn around, baby. Yo, yo, we can't, we can't even uh, contain how much just real shit we've talked about. Which uh, I mean, it's been a fucking pleasure. To understand how y'all came up with it, how y'all went run with it. The honesty and, and the conviction is fucking yo, inspiring, and how man. Everybody needs to fucking act in today's day and age of fucking just yo, just oh, blending. Conviction. Just conviction. blending, nigga. Everybody's trying to blend into something. They're trying to blend. I ain't wanna blend. I'm the I'm trying to wear high pulled ass Nike socks with boat shoes. Oh. Feel me? No, I don't wanna wear that. I don't wanna wear that. My point is stand out. Stand out. That's my point. That's my point. Yeah, that's so funny against me. Nah, um, <laughs> that's not him. Um, Drew, you want you want you want to tell the people where they can find you at, bro? Where yeah, they can absolutely. follow you? Feel so, me? So, shout out to everyone for watching this podcast interview. Shout out to Evan and Deke for having us. Um, yeah. You can definitely follow us at Bu Stay True on Instagram, Bu Stay True with two underscores, Facebook, everything like that. And then, of course, you can follow Nico and I on Instagram as well. So, thank you guys for watching us. Follow along to see where we're at next ten years. Yo. As always, we thank y'all for being here. Be you, stay true on the motherfucking empty the double fucking titty. Or what'd you say? What'd you say, Evan? The Petra. Double Petra. Petra. Whatever, double Petra. Whatever that was. Double Petra. Double tetas. Whatever the fuck he wants to go with that. Um, wait, wait. They gotta find Neek. Neek, where they gonna find you at, bro? Oh, where they gonna find you, Neek? Uh, just go to Be You Stay True Instagram. You can find me, bro. <laughs>
right. All right. I, I gave you the lane, bro. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're gonna find all of us. Still two points. Find all of us. As always, as always, as always. Be kind. Get better. Drink water. And be you. Stay motherfucking true, people. Be you. Stay motherfucking true. Yo. Holla, bro. Shout out, Queens.